elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. One 84-year-old woman from Hertfordshire has lost more than £20,000. More from Tony Fisher. Members of the gang contacted the elderly lady from Bishop Stortford every day for 30 days to get money. St Albans Crown Court was told how they use special apps downloaded onto a mobile phone to get their victims' PIN numbers. They made more than a 1,000 cold calls to members of the public pretending to be police officers. The gang of five men, who all live in Camden, were jailed for a total of more than 17 years. A police office in Woburn Sands near Milton Keynes, which is staffed by volunteers, is closing today as the Thames Valley Force tries to save money. Next month, another office in Olney will also close. MPs will decide today whether or not IVF babies can be born with genetic material that comes from three people. The DNA would come from a child's mother and father and a second woman. Scientists are convinced this would help avoid inherited diseases, but Christian leaders say there are ethical and safety concerns. James Kitto's three-year-old daughter has a genetic condition. It's such an important milestone to allow um, you know, a potentially devastating disease to be removed from from future generations it seems um, you know, really a no-brainer not to not to allow this to be now you know, be utilised given how well tested it's been. Police in Milton Keynes have released CCTV images after an attempted armed robbery at a Starbucks coffee shop on Saturday evening. The man who had a pistol tried to rob the shop in Eldergate at about 7pm but left empty-handed when the shop assistant refused to hand over cash. In sport, Milton Keynes Don's teenager Deli Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported £5 million deal but the 18-year-old will be loaned back to the Dons for the rest of the season. One of the most amazing transfers ahead of last night's deadline saw young striker Kishi Anderson swap a Bedfordshire Village side for the Premier League. He's left Barton Rovers to join Crystal Palace. The weather, an icy start with occasional sleet or snow showers, brighter this afternoon but staying cold in northerly winds, a maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boy, oh boy, we've um, got the Octo team with us today. Boyle! Yeah! Betts! Yes! And unfortunately, due to a complete mix-up in planning, Matt Lockwood. I'm back! Yeah. Why is he back, Catherine? Um, short straw. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't be so rude about. He can't help it if he's got a short straw. On the show this morning, Broxbourne calls in the A team. Scammers work as a tag team. Yeah, guys. Sorry, I'm uh, guys. Guys, I'm doing a radio show and you keep hitting the button that means I can hear exactly what you're saying, so maybe you could stop playing with that box there, please. Would that be okay? Yeah, could... Yeah, stop... Oh, for goodness. Stop playing with that box! I could hit yes! 
Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Catherine, can you believe that? No. Um, well, no, well. I can't believe it. I'm watching it, but I can barely believe it. Uh, can you barely believe it? Barely. Unbe- unbelievable. Don't oh. touch that box! Mate, what you technology doing, Technology means that um, Matthew Lockwood can't hear anything you say in here, so can he come <laughs> no. in there with you? No, it's he not, cannot. It's not the technology that means that. No, this, listen, hang on a second, hang on a second. I've got this worked out. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The reason Lockwood is here is because Justin Dealey is on holiday with Cliff Richard. That's actually true. We have seen a photo. Seen the footage. So, uh, Lockwood is supposed to be Dealey. Dealey goes outside. It's been snowing. It's Arctic temperatures out there. So Lockwood should go and stand outside. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And I think what we should do is we should see how long can a man survive in the cold without a coat. It's science. It's basic, basic science. Are we going to send him out with a thermometer or something? No, no, no. Don't even need a microphone. Just, just, just let him go and stand outside. We'll see how long a man can stand outside without a coat. And get him to take that jumper off as well. Long stand in the snow. Yeah. Do you accept the challenge, Matt? Yes. There we go. He's accepted it. Beautiful. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's emerged that the uh, that Broxbourne Borough Councillors hired ex-soldiers to catch people dropping cigarette butts and crisp packets. They've got, only gone and brought the A-team in to get litter bugs. Kingdom Security takes a, four, uh, uh, a £40 cut of every fine issued, which, when you think they dished out almost 3,500 penalties from 2011 to 2012, and are set to do the same this year, well, it's been a nice little earner, isn't it, Catherine? It certainly has. I'm in the wrong business. Are you, well, yes. Uh, and by the way, most councils dish out a maximum of 50 litter fines a year, making Broxbourne the sixth biggest fining council in the country. Well, Josie Appleton is the founder of the Manifesto Club. Morning, Josie. Good morning. Uh, what do you think about this kind of regulation? Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? I think that's a fundamental problem when you have private companies with a financial incentive issuing fines. I think it's an important principle that fining and, and punishment for offences is a public service in the public interest and, and not by people who are essentially on some form of commission and, and a private company at the end of the day has to make its, make its profit. Um, so this company has to issue a certain number of fines a year, um, and what you've had in other areas is, is essentially um, people being fined for, for very minor things. So uh, a woman dropped a, a bit of orange peel, another woman a bit of cotton fell off her glove by accident, she got fined. Old ladies walking in parks, they didn't know were no dog zones and didn't have signs up. Yeah, I think that the, the, the general tendency when you have this sort of incentive is to have... Uh, the X team, as you, the A team, as you call them, you know, hiding around corners, jumping out at people, kind of saying "got you," which really shouldn't be the approach of, of finding for public service. We do have a problem with litter, though, don't we? And you know, if you drop some orange peel on the floor, well, that's that's inappropriate. I think I think it's a, a question of a proportion, a question of, of principle. Um, I mean, I think that. You know, a matchstick or an orange peel, a little bit of orange peel, especially in a hedge or something. I mean, there was one guy who got fined for putting an apple in the hedge, which he didn't think of as, as any kind of offence because he's recycling it. Um, well, you know, but if, if well, we all have a sense of proportion, yeah. but I think the main the main problem if we is all that put you apples have... in hedges, though, that would be cr- that would be horrible. Well, not not in a, a little village, no. Um, I mean, I think. Even more so. Yeah, but even more so. If you, but the thing is, there does have to be a, there does have to be standards, and we do have problems with litter. No, there, there does have, there do have to be standards, but litter is one of those areas that, I mean, in the fifties, people would throw things everywhere, and you go to the top of the the lake, and on the top there would be 
sandwich wrappers. And it was perfectly acceptable to throw your litter. That's no longer the case. And I think that what changed over that period was not fining, actually, um, but was people's sense of public responsibility in a sense that this was unacceptable. Mm. I think ultimately that's the main, main sanction because you can never have a litter warden around every corner. You're talking two, three guys in an area who are, who are giving out these fines. Yeah. You know, really, in the end of the day, they're not going to get every offence, but they're going to they're going to look for offences in a way um, to make their tally. But at the end of the, you, at the end of the day, you really want other people around saying, "Excuse me, mate, that's unacceptable. Pick that up," or picking it up yourself. Okay. You know, I have friends who pick up litter. I do myself. I think I think it's more a question of public responsibility than. Oh, I pick up litter, I, and I and I'm teaching. We, we, where were we? We were in Henley the other day, in this nice little walk by the river, and there was loads of rubbish mm. by there. And so me and my boys spent five minutes picking up the rubbish, and that's. Uh, but I, I would be reluctant to go up to some big bloke who's just chucked a, a crisp packet or a fag on the floor and say, excuse mm. me, mate, because you, you never know what you might get these days. No, of course, and it, obviously people have to judge these things that are not kind of, um, you know, saying kind of everyone becomes litter police or anything. I think the main, the main thing is that it, it, it's one of those things like politeness and, and, and being nice to people in public and that sort of thing, which is, which is really a question of, of public responsibility and more, more than it can be a question of punitive powers. I mean, it, you, know, you, you, don't, the, you don't want the police... Finding, focusing on people dropping litter, it's, you know, they're going to deal with burglary and aggravated souls and all that sort of thing, right? So, in a way, it's, it's one of those areas which is really should be regulated, ideally, among the public. And I think as a last resort, it should be used definitely, particularly fly-tipping, which is absolutely disgusting. People just chucking mm. takeaway bags out the window. Um, but I think the kind of everyday, and often people dropping by accident have been fined. I think that's an important distinction to make, that, yeah. that actually you, you'd have to mean to drop it and be a willful litter. And not well, perhaps there, there should be the option for someone to say, uh, you've dropped that, are you going to pick it up? Uh, and perhaps if they say no, then, then the fine perhaps could be issued. Exactly, exactly. And I think that what's significant is that often people say, oh, sorry, I didn't realise it, I'll pick it up. And they say, no, no, it's too late. Too now. late. Because they say, they, the, the, the warden thinks, oh, I've got my hit now. Mm. I'm no way I'm going to let you off. Josie, uh, it's really interesting talking to you. Thanks for your time this morning. OK, thank you. Thank you very much. Josie Appleton, uh, founder of the Manifesto Club. Thoughts on that, please? Because I, mm, I can see... I, I, I like the idea of... First of all, ex-military, they're being employed. Great. Our boys and girls who've served us well, they're being employed. A little bit of a come down from, you know, um, sorting out the Taliban in Afghanistan to sorting out the litter bugs in Watford. But still, they've got skills. They've got skills. Um, But yes, there should be the option of, excuse me, you've dropped an apple in a bush. Pick it up. Uh, Get stuffed. You're fined. But then what's in it for the security company? They need... They need fines. Your voice is a little bit croaky today. Go in. Oh, I'm a bit, uh, got a bit of a chest weasel. Hey! Well, it's been great working with you this week, Catherine. You made it to Tuesday. Oh, this is the end of my illness. You it's made it to a Tuesday. Matt, I hope you're in for the rest of the week. I hope you're in for the rest of the week, Matt. We're going to need you. What is he doing? Reading. Flipping heck.
c'est bien. Si tu veux pas, tant pis. Si tu veux pas, j'en ferai pas une maladie. Oui, mais voilà, réponds-moi non ou bien oui. C'est comme ci ou comme ça. Ou tu veux ou tu veux pas. Three Counties Radio. It's snowing. I wonder if any schools... It's not snowing, it's been snowing. I wonder if any schools are going to do the... Oh, it's, it's too snowy to come in, so we're going to close the school. The roads are actually all right on hey. my way in, mid-Bedfordshire, inwards, and on your way in well, from outside the area. We don't mention where. Whoa, already you've given away too much information. Of course, I'm, I'm local and vocal. Uh, mm. uh, so, uh, but I bet, I wonder if there'll be any schools that go the, uh, oh, I can't, it's a little bit too cold. It's I'll, normally the boiler that goes or something, isn't it? A little it? too cold. We're not going to school oh, today. Stop it. We're going to stay at home with the teachers and we're going to stay at home with Jeremy Cowell. <laughs> He's actually finished. We just watched the end of it. Oh, uh, no, they'll shut again. That's a repeat. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five. Got a text from Jay. Excellent. I got Moonlight Shadow. Oh, no. No, I got this. We'll do Jay in a minute. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's been snowing outside, but the main routes are looking cleared on the cameras. It's just very wet, so it might be slippy on the back roads and untreated roads. Looking at the cameras, is looking fine on the M40, and there are no delays showing up on the speed sensors on the M25. On the A421 standing way in Milton Keynes, there's roadworks around the Kingston roundabout, which is looking fine at the moment on the speed sensors, but expect delays there later on. There's some problems on the trains, though. There's been a signal failure, so there are half-hour delays to and from London Euston because of that signal failure. It's affecting Virgin, London Midland and Southern services. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.16, it's uh, Tuesday the 3rd of February. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. A judge has described a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers as mean and cynical. And in sport, Milton Keynes dons teenager Delhi Alley has joined Tottenham for a reported £5 million. Pounds. Three Counties Radio. BBC Sport. Huge, huge game for both countries. You can't help but love it. It rings in your ears. Wonderful atmosphere. The anthems were rousing. The Six Nations, the friendliest of rivalries. Until. Blood and thunder, the home team. Absolutely giving him both barrels. Oh, he's tackled after he kicked the ball. A surge to the line. The fly half beating two defenders on the line. Rugby's greatest championship, the Six Nations. Starts on Friday with Wales versus England from five past eight across the BBC. 
Brushing your hair with the wind Riding your bike up on the Holland Drive Oh, I got a Good man, they're good. Also, the backing singers for Mark Bolan as well. It's them on Get It, um, um, Get It, um, um, Get It Off. That's the fella. That's them doing that. Got some very sad news on the front page of the Daily Express. Not the new pill that can cure diabetes. That's brilliant, although it's not true. Susanna Reid, Breakfast TV star, reveals secret agony. She reveals her secret agony, Catherine. Oh no, what's the matter with her? Got to turn to page three to find out what it is. I'm, I'm guessing some kind of... Or, you know, maybe she's lost. I don't know. Page three. Hang on. My distress at knowing I'll never hear silence again. Again, Susanna's tinnitus agony. The front page. Breakfast TV star reveals secret... Te- I've got tinnitus. Me too. Huh? Huh? Television presenter. We like Susanna Reid on this show. Friend of the show. Someone's seized on a, a fraction of an interview there, haven't they? Television presenter Susanna Reid yesterday revealed her struggle with a debilitating hearing condition. I've got tinnitus and it's flipping annoying and sometimes it drives you a bit nuts, but it ain't going to kill me. Although it does drive some people to suicide. The Good Morning Britain host told viewers she has suffered for a decade with tinnitus. Me too. In severe cases, the ailment... Uh, in severe cases... The ailment, sufferers endure constant ringing, pounding or white noise in their ears, can be so distressing it can lead to suicide. So maybe she's close to suicide. 
No, she's not. She's only got a mild version. Oh, yeah. While her condition is relatively mild, Miss Reed said when the symptoms began, it was nevertheless extremely alarming upset. It's tinnitus! I've got tinnitus. My left ear whistles. Um, quite, it's quite a high-pitched whistle, and the, the right ear is kind of like a windy noise. I can hear plugs. Sorry? Yeah. What do you mean? I can hear when a plug's on. What does that even mean? Wait, I can hear on. it buzzing. Ian, do you hear that all the time? Um, uh, only when it's silent or if I really think about it. I couldn't hear it now because I'm talking. If I were to take these headphones off and listen, I would hear it. In bed, I can hear it, which is why I have the radio on when I go to sleep. There's no such thing as silence anyway. Not in the modern world. Well, yes, there is. No. Well, there is. It's silence. No, it's when it's, everything's quiet. Shush, then. You can hear the fan. Yeah, well, that's because you're, if you were in the... you breathing. I'll hear, I'll hear you crying in a minute when I tell you a few home truths. Oh, if you're in a... Anyway, but uh, but you, you're being petulant. Well, you started it. You who... St- I did not. I might have done. I'll have to you listen back bit, to the yeah. tape. I'll have to listen back to the If I did, I apologise. Anyway. No. But um, it is annoying. Yeah. Do you know what tinnitus sounds like? There was a, I found a web... There's a website that's got record, like recordings of what tinnitus sounds like. It's annoying. You've done the noise one before. Haven't you got like, two different tones in each ear? That's the left ear. She's doing my left ear. But it's higher. Yeah, I get that. But only triggered off by certain frequencies. And then the, the right is... I think that's just me and Kath being either side of you. That's Don't Kath. do that because that is subliminal messaging. Well, how subliminal is that? That's a very obvious message. Thank you very much indeed. Lockwood! Hello. That sounds horrendous, what you have. I'm so glad I do not have that. Well, the thing is, if you keep working in this industry, you'll oh. get it because we wear headphones. We're doing this. This is We are putting our lives on the line every time we come in this studio. I could not cope. I'd go mad. I'd just be, like, going round in circles, you know, knocking on walls and oh, bashing my head and having to drink How would we notice alcohol. that change? <laughs> I'd be going raving mad. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now! The Independent Police Complaints... Numbers coming up here, guys, so put your thinking caps on. The Independent Police Complaints Commission's announced it's dealing with a 15% increase in uh, uh, police complaints. But the rise has been significantly greater in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. In Bedfordshire, the figure's up by 29%, while Hertfordshire's seen a 25% increase. Well, Lockers has got more maths and explanations for us. Why are the increases so much more in beds and hearts? First of all, when I wrote this story last night, I apologised for all the figures I put in. Into it. I yep. wasn't thinking about this time of the morning. Yep. So, as I say, right, the IPCC says some of the increase last year is down to the definition of a complaint being broadened beyond an officer's conduct. Now, a complaint case may have one or more allegations attached to it. A total of 751 allegations were made against Bedfordshire Police in 2013. Yep. Are you still with me? Yes. Up 42% from the previous year. Meanwhile, there were 1,283 allegations made against Hertfordshire Police, a rise of 27% the previous year. The number of allegations in the Thames Valley area was up by the smallest amount, just 3%, with 1,699 allegations. Bear in mind, that's a massive police area. Now, across England and Wales, the highest number of complaints were regarding police neglect or failure in duty followed by complaints about police being rude or intolerant. The police, rude, intolerant, I'll have none of it. It's interesting that the IPCC say it's down to... The, the, the increase is down to the definition of a complaint being broadened. It still doesn't alter the fact that the national average 
is 15%, but in Bedfordshire it's nearly 30, but nearly double that. Mm. Is this concerning, Matt? Well, the IPCC is certainly concerned about this. Uh, Dame Ann Owen says the figures are obviously worrying and showed police forces were not handling complaints sufficiently well. She said the IPC upheld 49% of appeals from people whose complaints were not even recorded in the first place, as well as 44% of appeals from those whose complaints have been investigated by the local force. And she says other things, but that's kind of the gist of what she's saying there. What do the police have to say? Well, Chief Superintendent Gavin Thomas, Vice President of the Police Superintendents Association, said his reaction to the figures was disappointment, but said cuts to the police force was not helping the situation. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, because there have been cuts to the uh, uh, police force, that's why they're they're being ruder or getting more complaints. Okay, yeah, go on, carry on. I mean, that seems like a bit of an excuse to me. Uh, The Home Office is currently reviewing police complaints procedures with the aim of simplifying the system and making it more transparent. Okay. Well, uh, Lockers, thank you very much indeed. That wasn't too bad, was it, really? No, it was great. Great. Excellently done. Yeah. Catherine cut loads out, and so, um, it was good. Yeah, I'd be going raving mad. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What? I don't know why you're still here. I just wanted to tell you yesterday that perhaps I'm a little bit low because I had too many carbohydrates. Basically, for breakfast, I had three potato waffles. Then for lunch, I I had some chips. Literally couldn't care. And then for dinner, I had some chips. Less. You've got too much beige in your diet, love. And then I had had four slices of toast for supper. Beige? What? Why are you telling me this now? I'm trying to do a radio show, mate. You should be telling this to, I don't know, your mum or something. Well, my mum's up north, you see, so I don't really have chance to... Do you look to... at me as a surrogate mother? I think I do. Oh, that's disgusting. What's the hustle? 
on the trains this morning. There's half-hour delays on services between Milton Keynes and London Euston because of a signal failure, so that's affecting Virgin, London Midland and Southern services. There's also possible delays on Thameslink trains between St Alban and Mitcham Junction as well because of safety checks being made on the line. We've just heard from caller Mick who said on the A413 in Aylesbury, between Aylesbury and Great Missenden, that's not been gritted, so there are some cars there spinning around. Looking at the speed sensors in Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, it's looking very busy around the M25 Junction, 21A roundabout. Also looking quite slow on the A1 Watford Way from the Apex Corner to Mill Hill Circus. And in High Wycombe, looking at the A40, that's moving fine at the moment, but there are roadworks in both directions at Temple Street, so expect delays later on. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. Broxbourne Borough Council hands out thousands of fines every year, while neighbouring authorities issue only a handful. A judge has condemned a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers after they conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. One 84-year-old woman from Hertfordshire lost more than £20,000. And MPs will decide today whether or not IVF babies can be born with genetic material that comes from three people. The DNA would come from a child's mother and father and a second woman. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Don's teenager Deli Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported £5 million deal, but he will still play a part in the Don's League One promotion challenge. The Don's also welcome back a former captain, and there were arrivals at Luton and Stevenage ahead of last night's deadline, as Jeff Doyle reports. As expected, Deli Alley completed his move to Tottenham for around £5 million plus add ons, signing a five and a half year contract. He's been loaned back to MK for the rest of the season. The Don's have also signed former player Keith Andrews on loan from Bolton. Bolton, having had his Watford loan cut short. Watford midfielder Lewis McGugan has gone back to Sheffield Wednesday on loan. Luton have signed Tottenham's young striker Nathan Adua on loan. And Stevenage have loaned QPR winger Bruno Andrade and striker Danny Johnson from Cardiff. Luton also extended the loan of striker Jaden Stockley but were unable to complete a third deal last night despite what the club has described as extensive negotiations. Chelsea's £23 million signing of the Columbia winger Juan Cudrado was the biggest deal yesterday. They sold Germany's Andre Schürrle to Wolfsburg for £22 million. Darren Fletcher left Manchester United for West Brom. Aaron Lennon has moved on loan from Tottenham to Everton. One of the most amazing transfers last night saw young striker Kishi Anderson swap a Bedfordshire Village side for the Premier League. He's left Barton Rovers in the Southern League Division 1 Central to join Crystal Palace, a move of seven divisions up the football pyramid for an undisclosed fee. Barton's chairman is Darren Wiley. Crystal Palace weren't the only big club that was in for him. Norwich were looking at him. Brentford, well, Brentford is where it all came about last week. Mm. Um, we got him a trial down there. 
Um, he came off the bench on 65 minutes and scored a perfect hat-trick <laughs> in six minutes. It was against Crystal Palace, which highlighted them to him. Elsewhere, Watford have successfully appealed against Gabriel Angelis' controversial red card in the first minute of Friday night's defeat at Bournemouth. It means he can play at home to Blackburn on Saturday. Tonight's FA Cup fourth-round replays include Manchester United versus Cambridge and in Conference South, Hemel Hempstead are at home to Wealdstone. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's that time of the morning where Catherine joins me in the studio and we have a sideways glance at uh, some of the stories. Let's take a rump through the newspapers. Um, <laughs> what have you found for us, Catherine? Well, uh. Um, you can't read. There's a headline in I the can't sun read that we that can't one. read. It's, it, it, I've got to say it's genius, okay? It's about the uh, the former head of the International Monetary Fund. He's cu- he's accused, accused, wow, of um, being involved in. Um, An orgy. All right, mate. I was going to tip. There's, there's now going to be kids in cars going. Mum, right. what's an orgy? A party. A party. A grown. A party for adults. But only girls. With uh, and one man. Yeah. With eight ladies who were paid to attend the party. Mm-hmm. And, and not the, with a lucky bag. The, well, I, I hope there'll be a lucky bag. Otherwise, you get catch all sorts. Um, but there is a headline that we can't read. Basically, it's a pun on the James Bond film Octopussy. Oh, you can say that. You, you can't say that, though. Well... Can you not? Octoprozzy. It is a brilliant headline for what is a very, very sordid story. Very, very, very rude indeed. Very sordid story. And it's only an allegation. Yay! Anyway, have you got anything in the papers? Because I'll be honest, they're a little bit... Um, well, um, you, know, you know when they used to turn um, pubs into banks? What? You know, in the sort of noughties. No, you mean banks into pubs. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a flip. This is a flip side on that. Uh, that nineties. Are story. they turning pubs into banks? No church. Oh right. Oh no, that's. I yeah. wouldn't feel right. You know, some people live common. in old chapels. Yeah. Could you live in an old chapel? I looked at one once and it was tiny. I would feel weird about it. No. There's no. normally people under the floor. No. Yeah. No, because yeah. they convert they convert the chapel into like uh, half a dozen flats and they're all tiny. They're all apartments. Yeah, but unless you buy one of those ones like in uh, location, 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 where it's the whole thing and you can go and get you can put your little toilet in the vestry and that. I think it's out of order. Do you anyway. wear a vest in the vestry, vicar? <laughs> Thanks. Of course he does. It's cold. Rundown Watering Hole, the West End pub in Stoke, Stoke, has had its prayers answered after worshippers spent £500,000 turning it into yeah. a new Methodist church. Well, what there was a trend a few years ago. When so I... from hard spirits to the Holy Spirit. This is brilliant. There was a trend a few years ago to have church services in pubs on Sunday mornings. Mm. There was a pub near me in North London, the Maid of Muswell, um, and they would have like church in there on a on a Sunday morning. I like it to be churchy. Yeah, I wouldn't like to see like a dartboard. Yeah, you want it box. to be. You want it, but then people. But you know, I don't want it too posh. Oh, My um, Spanish mate goes to this church. It's all gold. It's like a love, mini Vatican. If you love your Spanish mate so much, why don't you marry Spain? Well. I didn't marry Spain, but I certainly went out with it for a while. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, there's a point to this story. It's two grand there, and uh, they talk all the way through their services. I like a nice, dour Church of England, plain church service, where you feel like everyone's got to be quiet. Yeah. So that's just my feeling on that. Thanks very much. (laughs) I don't believe it. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big 
rock singers We got golden fingers And we're loved everywhere we go That sounds like us We sing about beauty And we sing about truth At $10,000 a show Right We take all kind of pills To give us all kind of thrills But the thrill we never know Is the thrill that'll get you When you get your picture On the cover of the Rolling Stone Rolling Stone Wanna see my picture on the cover Disappointment before it's even out. Fifty Shades of Grey. Aye. It's only got an 18. Hey! Brap, brap, brap! They're only showing ten shades. Brap, brap. What do you mean it's only got an 18? That's the maximum you can have. Should be an X, shouldn't it? X is 18, mate. Oh. Flip it. It's not 1976. X is 18. Triple oh. X means you've got to be 54 to see it. And a filth bag. Um, yeah, though, that's the maximum. Do you uh, want to go and see it with me? No, I don't fancy Sorry, it. I wasn't talking to you. Matt, do you want to go and see Fifty Shades of Grey with me? Should we go in a works outing? I'll, yes, I'll, I, I I'll do the that. popcorn trick. I've heard there's lots of lovemaking <laughs> involved in the film. Le- less that than smacking of bottoms. Right. Yeah? I think over half the film is just naughtiness. I'll hold the popcorn. Yeah. Yeah? Just don't buy any salt of popcorn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> Leave it, Ian. It's not worth it. Well, Leave it. The gag's not worth it, Ian. The gag's not worth it. That's what they say in Fifty Shades of Grey. The gag's not worth it. And then they gag her up. I've not read the book. I probably I've, I've read film. one and a half books. Yeah, kind of got the idea after yeah, the first one. I don't. I, I mean, don't know why I pressed on. The thing I is, uh, sorry, <laughs> did you press on? <laughs> yeah. Only for one and a half. What? 
leave it. The gag's not worth it, Ian. The gag's not worth your career. Did you ever read it to your mum because she wanted you to? No, I didn't read Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no, no. I read the Danny Baker book instead. I managed to serve that one. Um, Similar. No, I... um, The thing about Fifty Shades is there are better romance novels and there are better mucky novels out there. How did it catch the imagination so much? Because it's uh, a taboo, isn't it? What, having... Uh, also, he's... The use I, of weaponry. Am I correct in thinking he uses gaffer tape and cable uses ties? all kinds. I, you know, that's not romance Flip to it, me. Spend a bit of money, mate. Go into Ann Summers. It's on the high street now. Go and go and get the... Go oh, fairy love cuffs. Yeah. No, get... I mean, you're going to get... You're going to... You know, anyway. Anyway, if he smacked my bottom, I'd smack him back. Yeah, well... She loved it. Uh, right, come on, guys. Listen, we're, we're sailing so close to the... To, uh, I don't get that. ..the windy parts. Katy Perry, eh? She... Katy Perry um, touched everyone in the stadium the other night. She blew everyone away, didn't she, at the Super Bowl? I've got more somewhere. I don't really understand what the Sharks were about. KP really is the nuts. No. Nope. You don't like that one? Oh, I see what you did. KP really is the nuts. Um, hang on. Got some more gags here. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, oh, look, oh, can't oh. Can't read those. While we're sailing close to the wind. Yeah, oh, no, please. Well, I mean, we might as well. We might as well. Fright Club. This is on page 10 of the Ooh, sun. Ooh, spooky. Fright Club. Fright Club. A nightclub in Aberdeen texted revellers to tell them they had a set STI. Sorry? An STI. As a joke. Sexually transmitted infection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? That what? was the joke from the club. From what? Hey, I'm going to go there again. What? What do you mean? Why would they do that? I don't know. And how would they know? How would they know? Why would they do that? Why would they? Hey, um, front page of the Daily Mirror, and I'd like to read the full uh, interview, because um, as Britain gets set for yet more snow and ice, energy... En- oh, by the way, it's snowed. Energy watchdogs issue this insulting advice. Mm. Save cash for fuel bills by eating packed lunch. Energy watchdog Ofgem told families to eat packed lunches... So they can afford high heating bills. Rather than tackling firms for not passing on oil price falls, the regulator said customers should save cash. I don't necessarily see a problem with that advice. Well, you don't have to take it. They're not saying, and here's the ingredients of a here we go. jam butty. There, there, there we go. Look, as energy giants trouser huge profits. Trouser. On the back of a slump, off, off, John, uh, off Jeremy is saying we should eat packed lunch. OK. Instead, here we go. It makes sense. It makes sense. Instead of moving to cut fuel bills, off Jem laughably advised householders to save cash by taking packed lunches and flasks of hot drinks to work. Well, I do that. If I want to save... I haven't done it for a while, but I, I went through a thing of wanting to save a few quid, so I brought packed lunches in. Yeah. Other suggestions include getting cheap mobiles, going jogging instead of paying for a gym, and cutting out trips to coffee shops. Well, duh, that's all sensible advice. That's to counteract the headlines that we get all the time about people choosing between heating and eating. They're offering some advice rather than... I think that's sensible advice. Yeah. If you, if, listen, if you need to save a few quid, then yeah, instead of going down to Prizzy's or Mackey D's or wherever for your lunch every day, take sandwiches. It costs pennies. Or, or uh, uh, it, you know, you don't have to have the latest iPhone 6. Maybe just get an iPhone 5S. There are ways around this. Wow, the... 08459 555 The what? I was going to say the humanity in iPhone 6. Gosh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
There's some snow on the ground because it's been snowing overnight, but the main routes aren't looking too bad on the cameras. There are no delays showing up on the cameras on the M1 or the A1M. The actual roads look clear. They're just very wet. But on the back routes, it's quite slippery and, and because of the untreated roads. Mick called to say that the A413 between Aylesbury and Great Middleton has not been gritted, so some cars are there spinning around. Looking at the trains, there are half-hour delays on services between Milton Keynes and London Euston because of a signal failure. That's affecting Virgin, London Midland and Southern services. There's also possible delays on T- Thameslink services between St Albans and Mitcham Junction. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Excellent line there. It's um, Don't forget to get the weather up, Matt. Give you that little, little... There we go. He'd forgotten. I knew he had. I was being polite. What? <laughs> Look at the face. Yeah, I know. He's, he's gone uh, all um, 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 stupid. <laughs> 6.46. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. A judge has condemned a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. And in sport, Milton Keynes dons teenager uh, Delhi Ali has joined Tottenham for a reported five million quid. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Katie there. Hello, Good Kate. Morning. Good morning, Kate. Sorry, we've got a. <laughs> we, it's Matthew Lockwood on uh, doing all the connecting today, so it was always going to end in tears. Over to you, Kate. Thank you. Good morning. It is a very chilly start and some of us waking up to a covering of snow. Some more than others, but some quite a lot. So uh, yes, we have some snow. We've had some showers overnight and the Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for snow and also for ice. So we run the risk now, despite the showers really dying away, we run the risk of everything that has fallen to the ground freezing because the road temperatures are at zero or below. Now, towns and cities probably likely to be fine, but it's, it's the countryside that may have a few problems with ice this morning so extra care needed is quite tricky driving conditions um temperature's not going to get too much warmer i'm afraid today we're looking at a maximum of just five celsius further perhaps snow showers but one or two brighter spells as we head through the afternoon the northerly winds still very cold though overnight tonight it's a similar scenario once we get to midnight anything that falls from the sky is likely to be a little wintry maybe some snow so the met office has another yellow weather warning in place for that valid until tomorrow evening minimum temperature down to minus one so again we run the risk of some ice forming tricky start to Wednesday, cold icy, bright spells though tomorrow some wintry showers but the wind is going to pick up through tomorrow afternoon again northerly, northeasterly so it is going to feel really raw the maximum temperature for Wednesday, 5 Celsius and that's your forecast If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Well, no, you're from. Uh, you can give it. Give me your opinion. For as, as someone from the British Parking Association, is it unfair? Well, there are so many different instances. That okay, here's at- an instance. Before then, in this part of the programme, I'm going to meet Sam Ackerman. Now, she's from High Wycombe. 
and at her heaviest, she weighed 21 stone. Yeah, I just, I think I had everyone around me just, just love me enough to, to accept the way I was. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And I used to have to put up with the house band who couldn't read my music very well and doing a lot of songs I didn't particularly want to sing anyway. But the question is, Elkie Brooks, do you still do bar mitzvahs? bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Now, if you want to stay married or keep your relationship alive, should you avoid Facebook? Allowing you to listen to what you missed. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. to the sun, a sunny day is the thing most likely to make us smile in the morning, a survey reveals. Well... Uh, 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 are you sure you asked the right question? Also on that page, uh, two teenagers were barred from the Natural History Museum for wearing animal onesies. Yeah, let's replace teenagers with the word divs. <laughs> oh, Beth Garvey, 17, tried to visit the attraction famous for its creature ex- exhibits... Exhibits... Exhibits in an insect outfit while boyfriend Alex Croth, 18, wore a dinosaur suit. Do you know what my mum would say about those two? Stop some spoiling another two couples. Security. What? Oh, that's good. Security forced them to remove the gear despite the museum selling onesies in its gift shop. Beth of Swindon said, Oh, with gobsmacked. Luckily, we had clothes on underneath. Wow. The museum in South Kensington, West London, said while there was no dress code, it had visitors in cos- it had visitors in costumes caused disturbances in the past. 
Oh, have oh, they? I want, yeah, I want to know. And then, and there, the story ends. By the way, a sunny day is the is the thing most likely to make us smile in the morning. A survey reveals. So that, that, that begs the question: What makes you smile in the mornings? <laughs> no, don't. Oh, eight four five nine four five five double five. Well, let, uh, let's try it and see what we get. Ask that question to Peter. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Hello. What makes you smile in the mornings, Peter? In warmer green. I smile at the chaps I play balls with. Do you? Absolutely. Do they smile back? Oh, no, not at all, not at so all. So the thing that makes you smile first thing in the morning, Peter, men. is other men bending over, playing with their balls. Absolutely. Now then, <laughs> now then, the story of the... <laughs> Carry on, Peter, he's being a child. Yeah, I know, I know, it's like DC, it's like CBBC. <laughs> Except not as good, not as mature. Uh, I was just going to say... <laughs> When there, when there is Don't some, throw the figure on me. When there is someone in the newspaper talking about having a sandwich yep. can, to keep himself warm, if you like, yes, mate. he's got to consider there was over 60,000 elderly died of cold-related illnesses in the past three years. Yeah. And they made a... Ma- ma- uh, for the Bayern mobs, by the way, they've made a massive saving on their benefits. What? But what a, what a society we live in. No, and listen, that's, uh, and Jill makes a very similar point that, uh, on, on the email, that this advice, saying uh, eat a packed lunch to save money, is all right for some people, but what if you're genuinely poor? But I'm guessing this isn't addressing the people that are living in poverty. This is addressing the people that... Maybe they're spending, I don't know, an extra 20 quid, you know, an extra 20 quid a week would well, be really it, helpful. Yeah. I find it quite funny, really. I, I find it very hypocritical. Yeah. That, that little chap who got attacked. Sorry? That little chap who got attacked. Oh, the pensioner who got attacked. Pardon? He's got... Uh, oh, the wee fella, the blind Pro- fella. He's got progeria. Uh, yeah, yes. Yes. The, the chap who got attacked and everyone sent money and collected for him. <laughs> but... If someone had said to me he's on benefit about him that he was on benefits, you get a buying mob. Hang on a minute. I'm, well, he is on benefits. Well, yeah, but you get a buying. Are you telling me you're jealous of the wee fella, the, the blind fella that got mugged? No, not at all. I, what I'm saying is, what? we've got a society. Yes, we've got a society, got a society that sees that here's a tragic story. Buying mob. No, no, no. We've got a society that hears a tragic story like that and dips deep into their pockets to help him out. Absolutely. Even at a time when no one's got I any agree. money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a great society. But no. We have not. What? We have not. We ignore. The, we ignore these people dying of cold-related okay. illnesses. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for that, Peter. You're welcome. Wise words there from Peter. Slightly garbled message, but at least we know what makes him smile in the morning. What makes you smile in the morning? Oh, and I can't read out the tweet that I've just been sent, but thank you, Scott. Oh eight four five nine. You can guess. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's not sun. I don't like sunlight. Although when I, I, I went to the bathroom this morning, and I thought, oh, we've left the lights on outside because mm. I could see a lot of white. And I opened the window and went, oh, I swore in the bathroom. It did make me smile this morning when I saw it. I thought I should have gone to work earlier. Yeah. Flipping brilliant. Is it going to snow again? Yeah, yeah, mate. It's winter. That's what it does. No, I mean, not ever again, but tomorrow. Today. Um, Soon. What's... Am I going to have to sleep upstairs, is what I'm saying? Hey, should we camp over here? Let's camp over here and then we go on a ghost hunt. Matt, you up for it? They've turned Bake Off into a celebrity special. Okay, that really to the... is just. We're inviting you to a pajama party, Matt. You just missed out. I don't think he wears pajamas. <laughs> Have you got anything in the papers? Yeah, pupils traumatised by Michael Jackson. What? Let the man rest in pieces! 
Not again! A primary school headmaster has apologised to parents of pupils who had nightmares after watching the video of Michael Jackson's thriller. Oh, Scary, fair play. Grow up, kids. Teachers teachers showed part of the 15 certificate... It's a 15 certificate video, did you know that? What time did Jackson... Did it come out? What day... What year did it come out? 1980, what's it? Because it was on Channel 4 and we videotaped it. I remember it. it being quite frightening. And then Lenny Henry did a sort of spoof. He was brilliant. He was great then, what wasn't he? What year did Michael... Anyway, they showed it. Jackson. And, of course, it features thriller. Jackson turning into a werewolf and dancing with zombies and people just with raggy geez. clothes. 1982, right? So I was nine. I watched it. It didn't do me any harm. I saw it and I would have been... Five. Yeah, it was on. It was on late at night. Might have been on the tube. We taped it on our Betamax video recorder. It didn't scare me. How old are these losers? Seven. Sad. Why? I was a bit scared, and I was five. Yeah, but still, sad sacks. Come on, you know it's not real. It's not real. Anyway, the head teacher's written a letter saying sorry. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I'll be honest. There's nothing in the papers. Don't want to be worried about the uh, monsters anyway. I want to be worried about the burglars getting in through the window. Thanks, mate. Stop that binge jogging. Three times a week is best for you. I've got to go to the gym tonight. I've not been for two weeks. I've not done any jogging and I've been eating badly. If your exercise regime sees you do nothing all week, then go racing around the park several times at the weekend. Here's something to stop you in your tracks. It'll kill you. So don't bother. Lie on the sofa and eat more crisps. Light jogging is healthier and safer than intensive exercise. A study shows that jogging three times a week is best for between 20 and 48 minutes' time. Oh. Heavy joggers are as likely to die as those leading a sedentary life. I do three minutes a day as I'm late for school and I'm pushing a pushchair and being heckled by a three-year-old. Never fast enough. Never fast enough. We had a little disco yesterday in our house. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, although the boys were annoying me. We listened to The Who Live Mm -hmm. in 1981. Yeah. How did they feel about that? They were digging it, man. They didn't care that it wasn't Keith Moon on drums. They, they couldn't tell the difference between Moon and, and Jones. This vinyl thing that we've got going is brilliant. Yeah. My daughter came back from preschool the other day and said, my friend Rosa likes One Direction. I told her I like the small faces. You win. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise has been blocked by an accident between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 25 for Enfield. It's causing queues from Junction 23 for the A1M and clockwise the entry slip road is also closed at Junction 24 for Potters Bar as well. On the M1 southbound that's starting to look very busy from Junction 12 for Flittick to Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. And on the A413 between Aylesbury and Great Missenden at the Link Road there is uh, lots of ice on the road and some cars are slipping around according to Mick who called in to sell us. On the trains there are half hour delays on services pre- Milton Keynes and London Euston because of a signal failure, so that's affecting Virgin, London Midland and Southern services. There's also possible delays on Thameslink services from St Albans to Mitcham Junction. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so, so much, Sammy. That was excellent. So, in the next uh, hour, your calls are uh, off-gem being out of order by suggesting that to save a few quid, well, you have a packed lunch and maybe you don't go to Costa every day. I think it's perfectly reasonable advice. 08459 555 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, security guards on litter patrol in Hertfordshire. Judge condemns phone scam gang and Milton Keynes Don's teenager joins Tottenham. BBC Three Counties Radio. A civil liberties campaign group has criticised a Hertfordshire council for using a private security company to issue litter fines. Broxbourne Borough Council hands out thousands of fines every year, while neighbouring authorities issue only a handful. More from Nicola Hazler. In 2011-12, Broxbourne Borough Council issued over 3,000 fines for dropping litter or cigarette ends in the street. In the same period, Wellin and Hatfield and Hartsmere councils, who don't use private security firms, issued only 21 fines each. Kingdom Security takes a £40 cut from every fine issued, but a civil liberties group says because of the financial incentive, there are too many fines being issued. A judge has told a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers that they committed mean and cynical offences which conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. One 84-year-old woman from Hertfordshire lost more than £20,000. More from Tony Fisher. Members of the gang contacted the elderly lady from Bishop Stortford every day for 30 days days to get money. St Albans Crown Court was told how they use special apps downloaded onto a mobile phone to get their victims' PIN numbers. They made more than a thousand cold calls to members of the public pretending to be police officers. The gang of five men who all live in Camden were jailed for a total of more than 17 years. A police office in Woburn Sands near Milton Keynes, which is staffed by volunteers, is closing today as the Thames Valley Force tries to save money. Next month, another office in Olney will also close. MPs will decide today whether or not IVF babies can be born with genetic material that comes from three people. The DNA would come from a child's mother and father and a second woman. Scientists are convinced this would help avoid inherited diseases, but Christian leaders say there are ethical and safety concerns. James Kitto's three-year-old daughter has a genetic condition. It's such an important milestone to allow um, you know, a potentially devastating disease to be removed from, from future generations. It seems... Um, you know, really a no-brainer not to not to allow this to be now you know be utilized given how well tested it's been police in Milton Keynes have released CCTV images after an attempted armed robbery at a Starbucks coffee shop on Saturday evening the man who had a pistol tried to rob the shop in Eldergate at about 7 p.m but left empty-handed when the shop assistant refused to hand over cash in sport Milton Keynes Don's teenager Delhi Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported five million pound deal but the 18 year old will be loaned back to the Dons for the rest of the season. Also ahead of last night's deadline, young non-league striker Keishi Anderson swapped to Bedfordshire Village side for the Premier League. He's left Barton Rovers to join Crystal Palace. The weather, an icy start with occasional sleet and snow showers brighter this afternoon but staying cold in the northerly winds. A maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio. So the head of Ofgem has said to save money to pay your bills, well, hey, why not take a packed lunch to work? People are up in arms about it. I think, Catherine, I think, Catherine... Hang on, am I allowed to have an opinion here? Yes, at this one I am. I think... That's sensible advice. And it's not going to help everybody. It's not going to help those people who are living in real poverty. But if you're, if an extra 20 quid a week would, um, would be significant for you, then yet, yeah, then don't go to Costa every day. Don't have a, uh, go and have a McDonald's for lunch or whatever. Take in packed lunches. I think what people have got beef about is who the advice is coming from. It's not from Martin Lewis, money-saving expert. No, no. It's from Ofgem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're thinking, tell you what, Ofgem, instead of telling us how to save money, yep. why don't you bring the prices down, put a bit of pressure on those energy Off- Gem can't bring the prices down. It's off Gem. They can't bring the prices down. Can't they apply pressure? No, only the EDL can bring the prices down. Not the Not EDL. EDL. EDF. EDF. <laughs> so we're talking about that. And according to the Sun today, this is the weirdest. Surely does most mis- it, Does the sun mean itself or the actual sun? You know this. No, it says a sunny day is the thing most likely to make us smile in the morning. There ends the story. What makes you smile in the morning? Keep it clean! 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This. Yes, yes, yes. Texts. Yes. Should you be setting up a guest, Matt? Uh, yep. Somebody's there already. Yeah, yeah. Get but for well, cause after right. that, because it's only Philip in South Norwood, and I'll be honest, I won't keep him for okay. too long. You understand, don't you, Philip? I do, Ian, I do. Yes. Ka- let Catherine do the Texas. Go on, Catherine, do them. Morning, gang, and Philip in South Norwood. Luton seems to have had the most snow, but no mention on the news! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Surprise! Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. Is the snow a news thing, a weather thing, or a travel thing? I would go travel thing and where i would go weather thing first travel thing second news thing uh... what was the first thing you thought though when you i mean don't mention that because that was quite a rude word but when you looked out of the window this morning uh, and saw the snow i thought oh blimey the roads are going to be a nightmare yeah and they weren't nope they were fine Side roads of usual a bit Side of a roads are blooming awful but uh anyway jay says lots of drivers have been totally stupid as normal driving too fast or using a mobile phone omg omg two exclamation marks well, what, for that. what do you expect Expect, guys, come on. People don't know how to drive at the best of times, and people don't know how to drive in the snow. I should go around giving people lessons in how to snow drive. I've got a thing I can turn off in my car. I don't know whether I should have turned it off. Oh, is that the the, the yellow slippy light thing? Yeah. I don't know what that means. When am I supposed to turn that off? Let's ask Philip in South Norwood. Philip? I don't drive. I've never driven a car. What? No, what? I mean, I worked in public transport, so I never had the need for a but car. But you're 87 years old. I know, well, no, a little bit lower than that. 84. Uh, you wanted to know what makes me smile in the morning. Oh, blimey. Do well, we want to know? After my computer alarm goes off, for five minutes I go to my favourite website. And- <laughs> Don't we want it? Has he been checked to see what he's going to say? Yes, it's a great website. It's called gocomics.com. Oh. And it's the newspaper cartoon strips from all around the world. Well, that sounds great. And I've got half a dozen uh, regulars. I, 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 uh, Give us your... Matt. I yeah, you it, like Matt, don't you? Is Matt on there from the, the Telegraph? These are, and these are ones from America, Australia, Canada. And the ones that I like the best are Herman, by the great Jim Unger. Oh, yeah. uh, Dick Tracy, I'll have a pop and see what Dick Tracy's doing. Red and Rover. For everybody who's just making uh, the dick jokes, 
don't. We're we're above that. Dick Tracy, the greatest detective on. Uh... Give us, give us your, give us the top comic today, Philip. The top comic today is a little strip about a little boy and his dog called Red and Rover. Right. Red and Rover. It's really, really funny. Oh. And there's so many on there, Ian. There's there's even Ladner. Well, and Ali Oop. Do you remember Ali Oop? No, mate, because I'm not from the olden days. Oh, well, there's there's loads of them. There's there's, there's they've got Calvin and Hobbes. No, blimey. Is is Hagar the horrible on there or Striker? Peanuts. George oh, and Lynn. Oh, do, we, do we have George and Lynn? Peely and. <laughs> when is someone... I hope George and Lynn are wearing clothes today. The worst thing is in the summer when the barbecue's yeah. out. I do wonder about that. Oh, especially when it's snowing. Yeah, exactly. Philip, thank you for those. Oh, wait, four, Andy Cat they got. Oh, blimey. Do you remember that? Unfortunately. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, litter is one of those things that get right gets right on people's nerves. Well, not in Broxbourne because they well they've called in. Um, it's fair to say, Catherine, they've called in the A team. Pretty much. Uh, who have they hired? They've hired um, private security firm made up of ex-service personnel. I, <laughs> I kind of wondered how they were managing all these prosecutions. They do loads. Twenty. Well, the, the, the most councils give out about fifty um, prosecutions a year, a year for littering. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Broxbourne in twenty eleven to twenty twelve, they handed out three and a half thousand fines to the point where this morning you said now is that pounds they've raised and we went no it's number of fines they've dished out so we wondered how on earth they were managing to get hold of people's details because if someone drops a fag bolt and you say can i have your details please they're not going to tell you are they yeah well they have ways of making you talk it's it's the flipping a-team well on the line now phil barton from keep britain tidy morning phil good morning all right we spoke to a lady earlier on who thought this wasn't a particularly good idea it may be a little bit harsh, but I quite like it. Yes, well, uh, we, we are very much uh, support enforcement. Uh, we think it's really important. Uh, one of the things we know is that the people who do litter uh, are most likely to be deterred by uh, believing that they might be caught. For example, we did a focus group in Liverpool only the, last week uh, with, uh, with young people, and, and they had never heard of anyone who had been uh, prosecuted or is, issued with a fixed penalty notice. What we do say is that the guidelines to the A-team uh, have to be uh, uh, sensible and appropriate, so um, they, they, they need to use their judgment. Um, and we also say that you should be informing the public properly so that they know that this, uh, this policy is in place and so that they are aware. And indeed, in some cases, actually telling them that, that, that you're doing it uh, can reduce littering uh, itself. So, so uh, you know, whilst, whilst it may seem draconian to some, it is a major problem, littering. And it, as you said, it, it, it brings down the area, it, gets, it upsets people, and, and we've got lots of evidence uh, that there is a relationship between litter and crime, for example, and litter and... Do you know what, Phil? The, I was a little bit on the fence earlier on, but the more I think about this, the more I think this is a brilliant idea. And there was a suggestion that maybe the, the, these, these uh, little wardens should say, look, pick that up or you're going to get a fine. No, I don't think there even should be, because we all know it's wrong to throw bits of, you know, crisp packet or even, you know, biodegradable orange peel on the floor. We know it's wrong. You've done it. Wallop, you've got a fine. 
Yes, and, and um, as, as I say, um, you know, we, we, we would advocate that before that regime came in, there was proper information to the public, uh, that there were notices around so that people knew that, the, that this was the policy of the area. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, so you need to be reasonable about how you introduce it. But there is no doubt uh, that, that enforcement in this way uh, has an effect. And there's also no doubt that one of the, the um, major impacts for people who do litter uh, is the, the belief that they're likely to be caught. Uh, what do you think about it being a private security firm? Well, it's a decision in each case for the local authority. Um, we, our our um, concern would be about the nature of the contract and the nature of the way in which it's drawn up and the, uh, if you like, the instructions and training that are given to the, the people who are on the ground. Um, what, what, what we would not support is, is a contract which is purely about, uh, about uh, uh, delivering um, fixed penalty notices. Uh, what, what we want to see is a contract which is about reducing the littering problem. And I suppose that is the problem, because it's a private company. I, I, I don't think the council gets much, if anything, from, from the, uh, the, the fines. The, I think the, the company gets 40 quid per fine. So they're going to want to fine people, aren't they? And, and, and as I say, it, it, it's a matter of managing it properly. Mm. Um, and, and uh, you know, I don't know the details of this case so I wouldn't want to comment in Broxbourne. But, but, but certainly we know of a number of local authorities uh, where they have introduced this policy. Uh, sometimes they do it themselves, sometimes they do it from, through a company. And, of course, one of the challenges, uh, you, you, I think you mentioned some of the other councils will, will only prosecute sort of uh, a few tens of times a year. Um, actually employing your own enforcement officers and, and, and bringing the... the um, issuing the fixed penalty notice. It is expensive for local authorities, and as we know, they're under the cosh at the moment in terms of mm. the, uh, their budgets and so on. So it is a dilemma for councils, but we think, you know, that a successful anti-litter uh, policy involves providing the right infrastructure in the first place, so that the right bins are in the right places and so on. Secondly, it's the right information and education. And thirdly, it's appropriate enforcement. Phil, good to talk to you. Phil Barton from Keep Britain Tidy. I was on the fence earlier on with our earlier guests. I th- Do you know what? Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Enough of us manage not to litter. Yeah, it's an easy thing. Hey, do you know what? Uh, I've got um, a crisp packet. I always put it... it, I mean, it annoys me when we're out with the kids and they they, they give me bits of rubbish to hold, but I put it in my pocket. I've started telling them to put it in their own pocket and then when they get home, they can put it in the bin. Yeah, exactly. Or or we take it to the car and we'll leave it in the car. It's it's such an easy thing. No, do you know what? Because I was a little bit unsure about this and it's funny, uh, when this was sent to us last night, it was the the way it was phrased and some of the questions that that were suggested to us, it was obviously the person that wrote it thought this was perhaps a little bit Uh heavy-handed. I'm totally behind it. This is brilliant. Handed enough, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think this is brilliant. And as for you know, making people aware of it, there's nothing that's going to make you more aware than a mate of yours getting fined. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 clockwise is blocked between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 25 for Enfield. There's queues are reaching Junction 23 for the A1M. Also, the entry slip road at Junction 24 for Potters Bar on the M25 clockwise is closed as well. It's starting to look quite slow anti-clockwise between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potters Bar. Past that stretch as people slowing down to look at the opposite carriageway. Looking at the cameras on the M1 southbound, it's looking quite slow.
between Junction 12 for Flitwick and the M1 Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. And in Wendover, between Wendover and Ellsbury and Great Missenden, it's very slow. There's delays because of the ice on the road. Mick called to say that some cars are getting stuck there on the A413. And on the trains, there are half-hour delays between Milton Keynes and London Euston because of a signal failure. So that's affecting Virgin, London Midland and Southern services. There are also possible delays on Thameslink trains between St Albans and Mitcham Junction because of safety checks being made on the line. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.16, it's Tuesday the 3rd of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. A judge has condemned a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. And in the sports, Milton Keynes Don's teenager Delhi Ali has joined Tottenham Hotspur Football Club for a reported five million nicker. BBC Three Counties Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. Let me get on with your consumer problems. Should I expect this to last as a £350 TV or a £250 TV? Jonathan Vernon Smith. Have you gone back to the retailer? I went and spoke to the company that you paid the money to. The JBS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. So I emailed again and and reminded them of the statutory rights which I've heard in your programme. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. They've backed down and they have put in writing to me that I know and we could do the same for you. That's fantastic news. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Your team is fantastic because you look after the people. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Is that... um? Has Paul Manning phoned up yet to pwn me? No. OK, we're waiting for... Paul, give us a call, 08459 555 He's been um, um, the, the wagging his finger at me on Facebook. And I said, look, instead of doing this on Facebook, give me a call between six and nine um, tomorrow morning. And he said, OK, yeah, I will. So, um, Paul, Paul we're, wait- we're awaiting your call, Paul. Better because call from, Saul. From his comments, I said... I don't think he could have heard the actual interview he got no, upset about. He, he claims it, and I listened to the. Basically, we were talking last week to Robert Smith, who's not allowed to um, see his kids, and he got he got a restraining order on him because he was out in the street with a megaphone shouting at his wife. And, he, and he's been he's been given a ticking off for it. Yeah, uh, and uh, Paul Manning heard that and was offended by one of the questions. Ignored the other nine and a half minutes of the interview, but was offended by one of the questions. Um, and the fact that Robert wanted to talk about it with us because yeah. he's championing the cause for fathers. And, uh, and fair play to Paul, I said, look, let's not do this on Facebook because these, these, these things never get... To, you can't discuss these things on Facebook properly. Come on the show. And he said, OK, I'll give you a call tomorrow. So, uh, Paul, 08459 555 We's are waiting. Um, Someone listen. else that you annoy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jen of Houghton Regis. Morning, Jen. Hi, Ian. This is a text. L- Wally Webb makes me smile in the mornings, whereas you only make me angry. Jen of Houghton Regis. You make her angry every morning. Well, Jen, I'm so Six glad that you listen to me every morning to, to get angry. I mean, and and uh, basic text charges apply. So thanks for that. I mean, although I had a revelation. Did I tell you this? I've worked. I, I, 
worked out why people listen to shows that they don't like. Because I was listening to a show that I don't like, and it was amazing. It was a revelation. I know why. I was listening to um, The Now Show, which I don't like. Hate it. And I know some people that work on it, and they're really nice, talented people, but I think the show itself is flipping awful. It's, it's on Radio clunky, 4. It's isn't it? It's awful. Radio 4 show, it's awful. And I, was, and I listen to it every Saturday as I'm driving down the M1. It used to annoy me because I thought I could write better sketches than that. So I was listening to it, and I was thinking, I flipping hate this. This is making me so angry. And then I stopped... And I'd just done a radio show where people had got in touch saying, I hate you, and I'd challenge them, why do you listen then? I thought, OK, look, I'm in this mindset. I'm listening to a show I listen to every week that I hate. Why am I doing it? And the thought process went thus. I listen to it because it makes me feel better about myself. Makes me feel... Uh, that because I, you don't think they're as good as you. Yeah. I, I, it makes me think, oh, I could do this yep. and I could do it better. Yeah. Makes me angry, but that anger is focused on something that is irrelevant. So I'm not being angry with you lot. I'm not I'm pointing to the, the team. I'm not being angry with my wife. I'm not being angry with my kids. I'm being angry at something that it doesn't matter if I'm angry at that because there'll be no consequences for either of us. It's cathartic. The difference is people who feel obliged to be rude, to, to direct that anger... In a targeted way. So well, emails, texts, that kind of well, thing. Well. I mean, that, that's a loop, no, isn't it? No. Because would I. Would you email them? I wouldn't email them. I would tweet about it. That's even more passive that's aggressive. Worse. Yeah, I would tweet about it. Yeah, and the, the only reason I don't is because I've got people that follow me that work on that show. Yeah. So I don't want to do that to but them. But that's the thing. These people want you to know yeah. how they feel. That, that's a difference, isn't it? Well, yeah, but to them, we're not real people. Oh, well, yeah. There is to that. them, we're t- we, you know, we're, we're um, uh, Danger Mouse and Penfold. We're cartoon characters. We're not real people. Some of them get quite specific, though. I mean, I used to get one that used to make up stuff about me yeah. and, um, and write things in. And I thought, gosh, I'm having a much more exciting life yeah. in your head yeah. than I I am in my own. Oh, no, because we, we are... Hey, listen, we are radio, we are the BBC, so the, the, any hatred they got for the BBC, they, they can focus on us. Um, the, we're not real people. You know, it's like having to go at um, Den and Angie on EastEnders. You know, those two. Yeah, those two uh, buffoons. So, anyway, that was my interesting revelation. We Listen, we got, we'll go to this phone scammer thing in a minute, because this is an important story, but I'm, I'm really aware that we've got Matt Lockwood with yeah. us, and he's not earning his money. So, what can we do with Lockers? There's something here I've noticed. Age UK, fantastic charity, do a great deal for people who are uh, yep. under-supported in other ways, right? Yep. We love them. They've got a new campaign, right? You know all these uh, different charities are trying to get with it, get hip to the groove? Oh, yeah. Does it involve Twitter? It involves oh. a selfie. Oh, blimey. Not by my selfie. What they want people to do is go around and see their elderly neighbour, stroke relative. Yep. Take a selfie with them. Oh. Post it online. And then uh, you text ages three, uh, ages 33, £3 to 770. You donate £3. Why don't Why you, you just donate? Donate the three quid. I, knock on and donate. I Why don't do like selfies. To... I hate selfies. But I... also, how would you feel being that elderly person yeah. who is being kind of used... And I don't like this thing of um, uh, knocking on people's doors. Are you all right? Because... Supposing there was a thing the other day. There's a story the other day that, that there are a significant number of elderly people over the age of seventy that can go for three or four days without seeing anybody, and uh, they are therefore lonely. Well, are they lonely though? Are they lonely? The thought of not seeing uh, seeing people for three or four days fills me with joy. Fills me with joy. And I know that's not the case for everybody. Of course, there are people for whom that would be absolutely but also, hell. That's a choice for you. That's not yeah. your life. You but know? we don't know it's a cho- not a choice. For these older people, for some of them, they've fallen into that lifestyle and, and, and perhaps they are very sad and they are very miserable. But the, I would imagine, I find it really, uh, let me try and uh, crystallise my thoughts. I find it really patronising to assume that because people are on their own, yeah. they are lonely. But also that p- because people are over a certain age, that they are somehow yeah. 
in need of you. My grandma talks about old people, yep. right? She's 90. She yep. talks about people who are 95 as being old people, not realising that she is actually quite old herself. What are we going to send lockers out on? Because I'm aware that we've got a guest waiting. And How I want people to get to would it. feel about this? Lockers, can you do it? Yeah. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I think we basically just sent a simpleton out to harass old people. I'm not sure. Now, a gang of phone scammers, <clears throat> excuse me, who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds have been jailed for more than 17 years. One 84-year-old woman from Hertfordshire lost more than £20,000 after being contacted every day for 30 days. Well, St Albans Crown Court was told how they used special apps downloaded onto a mobile phone to get their victims' PIN numbers. Well, here's an example of how the scam works. You know Hello, is that Mr Woods? Uh, Hello, Mr Woods, good morning. My name's uh, Detective Sergeant Brown. I'm calling from the Fraud Department. Um, I just need a moment of your time, if that's possible. Um, Thank you, sir. Um, I'm currently investigating a number of banks in the area. Um, We believe the issue is that they're actually issuing counterfeit notes to uh, customers. That's right, sir. Um, Now, I'm afraid your bank may be part of this as its staff. And so the scam goes on and on and on. I I suspect those people may have been acting. I don't quite know. Well, Jonathan Kerr is an expert in financial crime and fraud. Jonathan, we've been hearing about this type of scam more and more over the last 18 months. Yeah, good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm Um, all right, thank you. There's been a number of these scams happening, and it's quite despicable. Um, These uh, criminals are preying on the vulnerable, the elderly, the uh, people who are perhaps most in need of our support. And what they're doing is they're using these tricks, pretending to be members of the police force, pretending to be from the bank, and by doing what they're doing is basically conning people into giving them their cash cards, into giving them their PIN numbers, and even in some cases actually going down to the bank and getting out, you know, a forkload of cash from the oh. cash machine and handing it over. Oh, so they're... Because I know that they were they were often sending people to front doors <clears> to collect um, bank cards. And they, they do a very... Well, it's not... They, they do a simple trick on the telephone, don't they, to make you think that you phoned up your bank or you phoned up the police? Yeah, exactly. What they'll do is they say, look, um, yeah, hang up the phone and call the police. And what they'll do instead, when you hang up the phone, um, they don't disconnect. They just hang on the line and they'll play a recording of a dial tone down the line to you. So, of course, you pick up the phone, you hear the dial tone, you think, oh, right, call the bank. And before you know it, there's the uh, uh, you're back in the hands of the fraudsters again. Um, uh, and they're preying primarily on elderly people. And I guess that's part of the reason is because elderly people, you know, if they get an authoritative phone call, they're more inclined to believe it. What What are the tips, Jonathan, to protect yourself and maybe, uh, you know, uh, family members from this kind of thing? Well, the one thing you can tell your, um, your friends and your family members and is never, ever give your bank card, never, ever give your PIN details to anybody who says they're from the bank or indeed from the police. There is no reason for the, anybody from the bank Uh, to ask for your PIN number, all the details they need to check your account for signs of fraud, they already have in their their systems. And similarly for the police, um, there's no reason why the police would need your PIN number. And 
I, there are very few reasons I can I can think of why the police would actually want to take your uh, bank card from you. And also, Again, as well, I would, it, sorry to interrupt, Jonathan. I would, no, no. Uh, this is just a suggestion I heard on Radio Four the other day: is if you receive a phone call like this, uh, and you're told to call a number, do it from a different telephone line. Absolutely, because that way you'll get around this trick of playing the dial tone down the phone. So if they called you on your cell phone, then give them a call, as you say, from your home line or vice versa. If Supposing I were to fall for this and supposing these scammers were to get my PIN number and get £5,000 out of my bank account, would the bank give me that money back or is it my fault because I've given out the PIN number? Um, I think the banks usually have the view that if you have given out your PIN number, then you are at uh, you are at fault for the yeah. fraud. Um, it, and it's unfortunate, but in, as I say, there is a point where the banks say, "Well, we can't um, help out. We can't help out the the, the needy mm. in this way because uh, otherwise they're exposing themselves." Jonathan, the same, no, go on. Sorry, carry on. No, I think the way to think about it is that if you give someone your PIN number, it's like giving them the front door to your. It's giving them the house your house key. It's almost like opening up and giving them the contents of your wallet. Jonathan, I really appreciate your time this morning. Jonathan Kerr, expert in financial crime uh, and uh, fraud. That um, little Lazi, that little scene, that little workshop at the, the start was, was awful, wasn't it? Where was that from? It wasn't people from here, was it? I'm that? trying to work out where that's from. I, didn't I think reckon- that was a reconstruction. I think that, that must have come from the coppers. That, a, a, this is not real, and I don't recognise the voices. Hang on. He's definitely doing an acting Hi. voice. Hello, is that Hello. Uh, I'm not really an old man. I'm uh, Detective Sergeant Brown. I'm calling from the fraud department. Um, I just need department. a moment of your time, if that's possible. Um, okay. I think it's the same fella doing both voices. Very talented man. It sounds like he's underwater. Um, we believe the issue is that they're actually issuing... Well, this is obviously a reconstruction, A, because the acting's terrible, and B, it's recorded from the point of view of the criminal. Right. Um, yeah. I'm afraid your bank may be part of this, as its staff will be... Oh, really? Um, would you be willing to assist us in our investigation into the bank at all? That's my least favourite, but also my favourite thing I've ever played out on this radio show. It's like I had, I've done uh, corporate videos. Uh, and, you better uh, just check it wasn't Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. He's still on the line. <laughs> go on a day. No, I'm not going to go on. No, no, no. no. Um, that wasn't you, was it, Jonathan? <laughs> I'm afraid not, Ian. My oh, acting skills are nowhere near that good. Good, good. I'm glad to listen. Thank you very much for your advice this morning, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Well, that was I had a, a, a moment there. Sweat. Blimey. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's only one lane open between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 25 for Enfield. That's causing queues from Junction 22 for St Albans now. Also, the entry slip road at Junction 24 for Potters Bar is closed and it's also looking very slow anti-clockwise past that stretch where people slowing down to look at the other carriageway. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And the A1 southbound, that's starting to build up between the Kimbolton turnoff and the Black Hat roundabout through the roadworks. On the A413 between Aylesbury and Great Missenden, it's looking very slow because of the ice on the roads. Mick called to say that it's very icy in that stretch. And on the trains, there are still half-hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure. And on Thameslink services between St Albans and Mitcham Junction, there are also possible delays because of safety checks being made on the line. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. Broxbourne Borough Council hands out thousands of fines every year for dropping litter or cigarette ends, while neighbouring authorities issue only a handful. A judge has told a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers that they committed mean and cynical offences, which conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. And Anglian Water is cutting bills by 7%. The company say this will mean an annual bill drops by an average of £29. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes-Don's teenager Deli Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported £5 million deal, but he will still play a part in the Don's League One promotion challenge. The Don's also welcome back a former captain, and there were arrivals at Luton and Stevenage ahead of last night's deadline, as Jeff Doyle reports. As expected, Deli Alley completed his move to Tottenham for around £5 million plus add-ons, signing a five-and-a-half-year contract. He's been loaned back to MK for the rest of the season. The Dons have also signed former player Keith Andrews on loan from Bolton, having had his Watford loan cut short. Watford midfielder Lewis McGugan has gone back to Sheffield Wednesday on loan. Luton have signed Tottenham's young striker Nathan Adua on loan. And Stevenage have loaned QPR winger Bruno Andrade and striker Danny Johnson from Cardiff. Luton also extended the loan of striker Jaden Stockley but were unable to complete a third deal last night despite what the club has described as extensive negotiations. Elsewhere, Chelsea's £23 million signing of the Columbia winger Juan Cuadrado was the biggest deal yesterday. They sold Germany's Andre Schürrle to Wolfsburg for £22 million. Darren Fletcher left Manchester United for West Brom and Aaron Lennon has moved on loan from Tottenham to Everton. Watford have successfully appealed against Gabriel Angela's controversial red card in the first minute of Friday night's defeat at Bournemouth. It means he can play at home to Blackburn on Saturday. Tonight's FA Cup fourth round replays include Manchester United versus Cambridge and in Conference South, it's Hemel Hempstead at home to Wealdstone. Sure BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at eight. Catherine wants a word with you about something I have no interest in at all, Simon. Exciting transfers. Uh, someone who's done very, very well. Barton Rovers lad. Tell us a bit more about him. Um, the Barton Rovers lad, yeah, I mean, a big uh, night of transfers, transfer deadline, lots of money changing hands. Um, right at the top end of the scale, Chelsea paying £23 million for a, a player who featured in the World Cup. And down at the other end of the scale, Barton Rovers um, at Bedfordshire Village side uh, selling one of their players to Crystal Palace. So he goes from... Division 1 Central of the Southern League to the Premier League for, well, around about £35,000, which may not sound a lot, but when you think Barton's biggest fundraiser is the annual firework display, uh, it's a lot of money for them. That's excellent. Uh, it's, it's not to be sneezed at for Barton. Yeah, oh, Kelly, stop being silly. I'm not sneezing. I think that's I think that's really really good. It's brilliant. That's brilliant. brilliant. What's that? Seven? Is that seven? And for the club, so a leap of seven divisions at the go. football pyramid. Not to that's be sneezed amazing. at all. Not to be sneezed. Uh, also, I want to do a quick bit of housekeeping. Oh, don't drag it on any longer, for no, goodness sake! This is about snow, and this is important that we get it out. And all I right. think that Simon's the man to do it. Okay. Uh, you've been getting phone calls upstairs, haven't you, from people asking about schools? Uh, we have had some phone calls asking if um, we'll be, if any schools are shut. Phone and... the schools! Well, that's the point, I think. that we, We're not putting them on the website, are we? No, we would direct people to the council website, so whichever council your school is served by, all the school websites themselves, or a lot of schools text you um, directly anyway, yeah. so... Thank you, Simon. Excellent Simon stuff. Simon always talks like he's doing the news. He's very official. He's even, even in conversations. Simon, excellent stuff. Thank <laughs> you very much. What, what would possess a parent to think, oh, it's been snowing, I wonder if the school's open? Um, 
I'm going to phone the BBC. Probably about 25 years of that being what the score was. Yeah, but phone, phone, surely you'd phone the school first, wouldn't you? They're not always open because if they're closed... Because of the snow. I yeah. take it as a huge compliment that they would think we know that stuff. But I would still, I would still phone the school. We got... Um, uh, 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 um, uh, I get texts um, from school. Very handy. Kez, uh, uh, not the bird, on uh, uh, the tweeter says, Morning, Ian. Can you find out why there are no gritters anywhere in Milton Keynes? The side roads are terrible. Well, they're terrible. Well, the gritters will need to go out before the snow. Mm-hmm. And they uh, don't do side roads. They don't do side roads. roads. I know, which is, which is annoying if you live on a side road, as I do. But I have to say, all of the main roads go on the way to work this morning were blinding. Absolutely blinding. So, but yeah, you have to do the grit before the snow. That's, um, that's the rule. That's the rule. Kels, you right? Mm. I tell you what, let's have a little bit of this and then we'll have a little bit of deals. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home This is the uh, unofficial theme of uh, Matt, who calls in a lot. It's called 
Hey Matty Bum Bum, I calm down. Hey Matty Bum Bum, I calm down. Hey Matty Bum Bum, I calm down. Hey Matty Bum Bum. Anyway, it's Carl Malcolm. Sometimes it works, often it doesn't. You know, often it gets him grumpy. Although you're singing along yesterday, miserable old so and so. So we want to track down Mr. Carl Malcolm uh, and get him on the show. We've had no luck so far, and we've put out all of our um, feelers. Yes, and which would please Ian, who just called him. <laughs> but we have taken um, Justin Dealey, uh, and we have sent him aboard of all places. He's been out, hanging out with Cliff Richards. Don't worry, licence fee payer, you're not paying for it. No, 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 no. But he has actually been hanging out with Cliff Richards, yeah. which is very, very bizarre. Anyway, he's taken the search to the beach. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I, am I, I've got some audio here that says Dealey on the beach. Am I right to assume that that's Dealey on the beach? Yep. Shall I play it? Yeah. Here we go. This, my friends, is the sound of the Caribbean, known for its rum and beautiful beaches, and of course, legendary reggae stars such as Carl Malcolm of Hey Fatty Boom Boom fame. We're here to track him down. Let's take it to the beach. How are you, Charlie? Oh, Charlie, have you seen him yet? Not yet. Are you asking questions for me? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, so, so should we maybe catch up tomorrow? I don't know, but I think he's Jamaica, man. So the wrong island? The wrong island. The wrong island. The wrong island. I'm upset about that. Yeah, yeah, he in the wrong island. Charlie, I love you. Thank you so much. Respect, yeah? Safe and secure, man. (laughs) Uh, Maximum respect. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Maximum respect. Now, Fabian, you've got a monkey on your shoulder. Can can we have uh, the name of the monkey? Marley. And you reckon this monkey is famous? Yes. Why is he famous? It was Simon. Simon Cole. Oh. This picture the, with Simon Cowell. This is the only house monkey you're going to find on the beach. He lives in a house, <laughs> yeah. eats rice, chicken, pie, fish. They won't say the rest. Okay, <laughs> I've got a question for you. Does the monkey know where Carl Malcolm is? No. Do you know where he is? No. Hey, fatty, boom, boom. Sweet sugar. Dumpling. How are you, Giza? Nice boat. Yeah, it's a good boat. A lovely boat. Now, have you seen him? Carl Malcolm. Come on, where's Carl Malcolm? I have is no... He's have, on that boat somewhere, isn't he? he got to be. he got to yeah. be on the boat. Have you seriously not seen him? <laughs> no, I've not seen him. He's going to be around probably tomorrow. He's going to be around tomorrow. He'll be around tomorrow? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so if you're early, you might see him. Victor, here we are. Beautiful setting. We're taking it to the beach. Carl Malcolm, you think you might know somebody who knows him? Oh, yeah. Sure I do. When I go back home, I'll check. And I'll certainly find someone that really knows him. Yeah. And we'll try and get hold of him. And get him down here to the beach for me? Yeah, see, oh, you, you, you can. You are okay. amazing. What's your memories behind the track? Hey, Fatty Bum Bum. Oh, man, it has so many memories of that here. So, but it's so long now because it was back in, way back in the, the 70s, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Fatty Bum Bum. Let me tell you something. Sweet sugar dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go and make your phone call. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah. Back in England, the streets respect me. Let yeah. me ask you this, Victor, man mm. to man. Mm. The beach. Does this beach respect me? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Well, plenty of beach bants, but sadly, information on Carl Malcolm is thin on the ground. Even Cliff Richard didn't know his whereabouts whilst we were sharing a lobster lunch at the weekend. Plenty of fatty bum-bums on display on this beach, but sadly, not the man himself. Justin Dealey for the Ian Lee Breakfast Show, BBC Three Counties Radio, The Caribbean. Don't believe I'm afraid of that Self-praise is no record
Getting complaints on the email that we don't do the closed school updates anymore. Replaced it with this. That's why that's much better, huh? Sugar dumpling. By the way, it wasn't, it wasn't the BBC's decision not to school, do school closures on this show. It was mine. It's just a bit, you know... Just... No one was happy with the system. No, so... no, no, Go straight no, no. to the horses. Yes. Never let They've got technology now. Yeah, exactly, you know. And I, I remember the first winter I was here having to read out a long list of schools. And, OK, it's useful for... I don't know, a few families, but for the, the other listeners are going, boring. We replaced it with this, the hunt for 70s reggae stars. Anyway, we've got any some Texas. Yeah, we've got we any have. some Texas. We're on Matt Lockwood. Well, um, John, uh, Justin, what his name is? Who? Jonathan. Uh, Justin. He's out on the beach. Yeah. Poor old Matt Lockwood's out in the snow. <laughs> yeah, the, the yin and indeed the yang. We're asking about this new thing from Age UK. They're asking people... Oh, yeah. Not by myself, selfie, it's called. It's a oh, new uh, social media campaign. You go and knock on an elderly neighbour's door... And go away! You Leave me alone! Take a picture I want to see anybody, don't you come out, go away! And then you donate to a number... Just do the donate. Yeah, exactly. Three pounds. Yep. Or just go and see if everyone's okay. Exactly. Don't do it just to show off on social media. Not that anyone would ever do that. <laughs> no. Not oh, in a selfie. Uh, anyway, uh, Jack of Luton, or ex-Luton, says, I recently moved to a nice house built in a place where I don't know anyone. My sister phoned and said in a very condescending voice, it sounded as though she believed I'd been forced to move by the age police. Oh, you poor thing. Is there a cafe locally you could go to and meet people? <laughs> you don't meet people in a cafe. In a cafe? I don't think so. Move for a bit of peace and solitude, and I love it. Rose rolls is for others, says Jack. Ex-Luton and proud. That's that's the thing. Just because you're on your own doesn't mean you're lonely, and just because you're in a room full of a thousand people doesn't mean you're in company. If I was an elderly person at this point and I was uh, happy in my solitude, I'd stick a little post-it on my door and say, All right. Yeah. I'm all right now. Oh, Jog God. on. <laughs> I've got so many movies and books and albums to watch, read and listen to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all day. Yeah, I really up. am. I'm going to be grumpy. I'm going to be uh, crotchety. And I'm going to catch up on all the films that I've not had. I'm going to catch up on Liam Neeson. So I'm going to catch up on. Yeah. That's the plan. That's just the plan. Any more texts or should we go to the Trav? School reception opens at 8. Central Bed's website says old school's open. I bet that I'll be at school when they text to say they're closed. I'm supposed to work today. School's sorted out. Oh. They, maybe they have sorted well, it out. Maybe don't... Central Bed's is right. Let's cal- cal- Who is that from? Anonymous. 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 Calm down because you're, you're assuming that the schools will be... Cl- you're angry with something that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> just, just go to the schools. You know, it'll be fine, I'm sure. Unless it isn't. In which case, well, you know... Take the day off and, bl- and go and play in the park with the kids. Anything else? I think that sums it up. That'll do. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are closed between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 25 for Enfield because of an accident. That's causing delays from Junction 22 for St Albans. But clockwise on the entry slip road at Junction 24 for Potters Bar has now been reopened. Anti-clockwise, it is queuing between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 24 for Potters Bar with people looking over to the other carriageway. And looking at the M, uh, well, the M1, we've just been told that southbound at Junction 11, a car's been broken down. Darren called to say that it's very slow past there. The matrix lines are saying... Uh, 
bit to slow down. Um, looking at the A413 between Aylesbury and, and Great Missenden, that's still looking very slow with some ice reported on the road there. And in Amersham on Gore Hill, that's looking very busy between the A413 and London Road as well. On the trains, there are half-hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure. And also there are possible delays on Thameslink trains between St Albans and Mitcham Junction. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, yeah. Six, sweet... 7.46 or thence about. Yeah, it's nearly quarter to eight. It's gone to eight. <laughs> They've got watches. I've got a watch now to buy a new one. Anyway, that's by the by. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. A judge has condemned a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. And in sport, Milton Keynes Don's teenager Delhi Ali has joined Tottenham for a reported Five million squids. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's chilly out there and we've had a covering of snow. A dusting for some, slightly more in some areas. But there has been some, some snow showers and the Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place. Valid until 10 o'clock this morning for further snow showers. Not going to see too many, I wouldn't have thought though. But also ice. We have quite a risk of some icy stretches this morning as the temperature out on the roads is around zero, perhaps even minus one, minus two. So anything falling or that has fallen is freezing so it is going to be a very dangerous um, journey if you're driving this morning especially on untreated roads and surfaces so extra care needed eventually we'll see fewer showers and uh, then we'll get some brighter spells this afternoon but still cold in the northerly breeze we're looking at a maximum temperature of five celsius overnight some wintry showers expected particularly after midnight we could see a few more and that's when our next met office yellow weather warning comes into play it's valid from midnight through to to midnight tomorrow so uh, we could see one or two snow showers through the course particularly for higher ground the Chilterns for example the Downs minimum temperature down to minus one which again run the risk of maybe some ice first thing tomorrow morning so another cold chilly icy start to the day tomorrow similar sort of day actually some wintry showers but the breeze is going to pick up it's a northeasterly it's going to feel very raw by the end of tomorrow maximum temperature just five celsius that's your forecast Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Brian's in High Wycombe. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Well, having reached the age of 80, my wife and a friend decided to go down to Cornwall for a week, and I thought, ah, at last I got a chance to experience a week on my own, <laughs> undisturbed. <laughs> and uh, no sooner had Monday come than uh, people phone still was ringing, are you all right? <laughs> people knocking at the door. Oh, I brought you this uh, <laughs> lunch. I was, I was quite happy, and I was quite self-sufficient. And uh, so you, so you'd had sixty years with your beautiful, beautiful, wonderful wife, and I'm sure you enjoyed every second of it. I, she go- I've only had fifty years. Oh, I apologise. Uh, <laughs> she goes, away, she goes away for a week, and you're thinking, yes, quids in. I can, I can order pizza. I can stay up. I can. I haven't got to uh, pick up my pants off the floor. I can do what I want. And Absolutely. No one. <laughs> People wouldn't leave you alone. No, I kept calling in to say that I'm 
coping all right, but uh, anyway, back to normal today. I oh. looking out of the snow. I've got to drive my wife over to um, Stoke Mandeville Hospital. And, oh, uh, blimey. The roads are nice and clear. Well, the main roads are... Go, I do, go, but I had them strapped up. Anyway. Oh, blimey. Well, I hope, I hope it's not... I hope it, they can sort it out. The, the, uh, the main road... Catherine, yeah. was there anything you wanted to say? No, I just empathise greatly. You know, when I get an odd weekend by myself, I don't like people coming no. round. Well, Brian, listen, the main roads are clear. The side roads are a little bit snowy, uh, but and uh, it, there's a bit of ice, so just drive good. carefully. I'll keep to the main roads, then. Yeah, do. Take care. Yeah. Ta-ta. Good yeah. luck. Bye, Brian. He was nice, wasn't he? Lovely. Brian. You're right, you're doing a bit of a dance there. A little bit of a sexy dance. That was for me. I don't know. No other way. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, double, five. Now, um, 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 oh, yes, look, a hypnotherapist from Bedford who's trained under television star Paul McKenna says he can help you lose weight by making you believe you've had gastric band surgery. Well, Mark Nicholson... Uh, well, well, Mark Nicholson is on the line now. Let's find out what he does. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Lee. How, um, Ian, that's, how are you? That's all right. I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, what, what, what do you do? Well, basically, um, I make... Um, well, don't make them. The client believes they've got the hypno band inside the stomach through um, hypnotherapy. Right. So, and, and uh, how, tell me how, for those who don't know a lot about hypnosis, how do you do it? Well, basically, it's um, focusing the mind to relax and um, just, you know, take your time. And um, it takes a negative to a positive. Yeah. You know, it's like um, Roger Bannister did the four-minute mile in 19, I think it's 52, probably wrong, um, around 1950s. Yeah. And in that year... Um, People didn't believe we could ever do that, or it's possible to be done. But 250 people that year did the, t- and the four minute mile. Yeah. So it's all a belief system. So you know, if you if you want to lose weight, you're desperate to start smoking, or you're, you're not very confident. Hypnotherapy, as you see with Paul McKenna and you know so many other people, which um, you know Darren Brown and people like that. And making people believe in something which you know can change their lives in, in a matter of twenty minutes, forty minutes. And uh, what what results have you seen, Mark? Um, the best result was um, a lady who lost five stone in weight. Blimey. Um, she um, she came to me. Um, she's a, adopted when she was um, put into care home at a very young age. Yeah. And she comfort you know eat you know eight from a very young age, and then um, basically she she come to me regressed of did past life regression with her. And then she lost oh. five stone. So, you know, well, everybody loses. Now, listen, because I'm a big fan of the hypnotism. I, I used to work mm. with Paul McKenna, and I used, to, I used to be one of those idiots that would make people forget the number seven and think they were Elvis in a completely different... Um, uh, many years ago. But you did... When you said past life regression, you didn't take her back to Bodicea or any of that stuff, did you? No, no. I just took, just, just, just took her back to her childhood. Oh, OK, right. You, OK, so you... So you, you <laughs> OK, good. Because th- th- those people are dodge pots, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, people, people um, can read a book and believe that they are the character. Yeah. You know, but people uh, who have got problems, you can do age regression. Yeah. And uh, timeline therapy, where you go back in their lives, you know, and talk, you know, get the problem addressed at their, in their life. So it it, it works. Uh, and do you know what? I have no problem believing this at all. Because I say, I used to, you know, I, I, I worked with Paul years and years ago. Paul McKenna gave me my first break in television. That's, uh, you know, that's how long ago it was. Um, and it ca- Why do you think it works, Mark? Why do you think the mind has the power to, to well, kind of be tricked like this? Well, um, well, the first thing is... Um, You've got a conscious mind and an unconscious mind, a subconscious mind. Yeah. Um, your unconscious mind will tell you, um, it will remember everything you've ever done. It's a memory bank. So yeah. when you smoke a cigarette... I've got a memory bank, yeah. 
Yeah, everybody's got one. So when you go to, when you're 14 and you smoke a cigarette and your friends are saying, well, that's a great thing to do, you know, look yeah. how tough you look and how hard you are and the rest of it. Yeah. I go back to your, um, through the critical crack, which is um, like your bodyguard. The, the critical crack? The cri- cri- no, critical factor. Oh, sorry, I, thought, I, I used to watch that, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The critical crack, blimey. <laughs> critical factor, I go yeah. back to your memory and then re- release that a negative thought and feeling at the time. Yeah. And then it, I could reduce, you know, to stop me smoking, drinking, that type of thing. Why do you think... Sorry, it's Catherine here. The, the, I know. Why do you think... He doesn't. Oh, sorry. He, he's thinking, I'm just... Uh, I might be a voice from his past. Might be a voice from the past. <laughs> the I critical crack. <laughs> no, the reason I'm asking is... What I wanted to ask was, why do you need to use this imaginary gastric band? Why don't you just programme them to not want to eat so much? That's a good thought, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you can do Does both. it need to be an outside factor? Does it need to well, make them feel like there's something stopping them rather than themselves? Well, um, the actual um, weight loss for hypnotherapy has been, you know, successful. What it was, a lady went to Spain and um, she started, she was smoking and she wanted to start smoking with hypnotherapist over in Spain. Yeah. She stopped smoking. Um, a few weeks later, she put on a couple of, no, a couple of, well, a few months, put a couple of stone on. Yeah. And then she said, well, can't you put the gastric band in my mind to say that I've had the band? Oh. And they went, yeah, whatever. And then she said, yeah, okay, just try it. Yeah. And then she did it. And then as you've seen the results in the, the news, the Daily Mail, you know, the BBC television, where you, people lost two stones. You've got to want to do it, though, Mark, haven't you? You can't, if, if you're going in going, well, this ain't going to work, you've, you've got well, to want it. I think if you're paying £200 a pop, then you're probably quite committed, aren't you? Hey, Mark, listen, and I love all this stuff, and I genuinely think it's brilliant, but there's n- there's nothing there's nothing more magical than watching someone forget the number seven, is there? <laughs> that was my... And I know it, 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 I don't mean to demean what you do, because I've yeah. got a lot of respect for hypnotists and hypotherapists, and I know there's a difference. But w- watching people forget the number seven is the most magical thing in the world when they count their <laughs> fingers and they go five six eight nine ten eleven it's brilliant isn't it mark right well yeah I, I could, i've done stage shows i've done 10 stage shows yeah um yeah it's, it's yeah, of course it's and, it's, and be... it's a really simple display of what you can do with the power of suggestion isn't yeah. it it's a really obvious display of, of exactly what you can achieve I mark then you used to be a salesman yeah i used to do selling in the past yeah and that's if you went back to that now you could make a killing you do know that don't you well, yeah, well, I actually won a trip to New York thanks to Paul McKenna. Hey, there we go. He's a nice fella, isn't he? Yeah, well, his cousin lives in um, Northamptonshire. I've oh. met her. And oh. she's, um, yeah, she lives about three miles from me. So. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm sure she's a nice lady as well. Mark, listen, I wish you all the, be- the very best of luck. Well done. Mark Nicholson, hypnotherapist from Bedford. Uh, um, if I was a hypnotherapist, yeah. I would... Get up go. to lots of things. Okie dokie, there we go. That's and that's why you're not a hypnotherapist. No, I like I would like he said Paul McKenna sent him to America. I bet he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for you, Kels. That's very funny. Well done. I don't get the joke. Oh. Nick's thank you for that, Mark. Serious. Excellent stuff. Nick's on the line. Morning, Nick. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, boss. What you got? Um, well, you were talking about um seeing the elderly elderly generation in their homes. Yeah. And when I was at when I was at secondary school, early nineties, um, we used to have this we our school got rid of one of the GCSEs and called it STS, which stood for um, social technical studies. Oh brilliant. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. That's great. And it, it, it meant that we had to go out in our community yeah. and do something worthwhile. Oh yeah. And me and my friend called Paul um we didn't really know what to do, and we just saw it as a, a, as a, a bit of a bunk off. You yeah, saw it as a doss, of course you did. Another couple of fags and stuff. Yeah. But it was getting closer and closer to the date that we had to submit something. Yeah. So we started knocking on all people's doors, and our game was, if they invited you in and got a cup of tea, 
we were the winners. And we used to ask them. We used to ask them questions like, "Oh, we were ever so respectful." Oh yeah, we used to it ask sounds questions it. like the fact that you're using them as a point as a point system. Yeah, go on. What did you ask yeah. them? Um, do, do you like milk pudding or shredders? Um, do you remember the heat wave in the seventies? All stuff like that. And then it came to the day we were supposed to submit all of our data, yeah. and we didn't have we didn't have anything. No, so this we is surprise. You said a list of people who like milk pudding. Yeah. And so we went out and we um, grabbed as many as we could and um, we got them all on stage because it was all done in this hall all of where we submitted all of our Gosh, data. Gosh, it's getting more and more tasteful. And uh, we, um, th- we got them to sing a rap that we'd written called The Mangle Rap, based on Mrs Mangle from Neighbours. <laughs> what, what grade did you get for that, Nick? Oh, I failed. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, these days, you film it, you take a load of selfies with them, and you get some sort of award. Don't you? You whack it on YouTube. That is... That is... <laughs> it's a touring production. I don't understand why they were asking them questions about the 70s and then got them to rap about Mrs Listen, Mangle. if you're elderly and there's a knock at the door by, from someone who's asking <laughs> you about milk pudding, do not let them in. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are still long delays from Junction 22 for St Albans to Junction 24, 25 for Enfield. That's because of the accident earlier. The entry slip road is open again at Junction 24 for part as well. But anti-clockwise on the M25, there are still long delays from Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey to 24 for part as well, with people looking over to the other carriageway. On the A40 Western Avenue, there are long delays from the Swakeley's roundabout to Gypsy Corner at Acton. And the A41 southbound is looking slow from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off towards the M25 as well. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very busy from Kim Bolton. The Kim Bolton turn off to the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks, and there are still half an hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties. Radio. Samantha, excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you so, so much. Genuinely appreciate that a lot. Right, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, should you save money by eating packed lunches? Ex-military imposing fines and old people being having their doors knocked just to see if they're all right. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, security guards on litter patrol in Hertfordshire, gang jailed for phone scams, and Milton Keynes-Don's teenager completes Tottenham move. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council has been criticised for using a private security company to issue litter fines. Broxbourne Borough Council hands out thousands of fines every year for dropping litter or cigarette ends, while neighbouring authorities issue only a handful. Kingdom Security takes a £40 cut from every fine issued. Phil Barton is from Keep Britain Tidy. People who do litter uh, are most likely to be deterred by uh, believing that they might be caught. What we would not support is, is a contract which is purely about, uh, about uh, uh, delivering um, fixed penalty notices. A judge has told a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers that they committed mean and cynical offences which conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. One 84-year-old woman from Hertfordshire lost more than 20 £20,000. The gang of five men
men were jailed for a total of 17 years. MPs will vote today on a controversial medical procedure which the Anglican and Catholic churches oppose on ethical and safety grounds. There'll be a free vote as to whether or not the DNA of three people can be used to create an embryo for an IVF baby. Scientists say this will significantly reduce the chances of inherited life-threatening diseases being passed on. Police in Milton Keynes have released CCTV images after an attempted armed robbery at a Starbucks coffee shop on Saturday evening. The man who had a pistol tried to rob the shop in Eldergate at about 7pm but left empty-handed when the shop assistant refused to hand over cash. A police office in Woburn Sands near Milton Keynes, which is staffed by volunteers, is closing today as the Thames Valley Force tries to save money. Next month, another office in Olney will also close. More from Gail Sanderson. Thames Valley Police say hardly anyone is turning up at the police information points, which are only open for a couple of hours on a few days a week. The office in Olney is due to close on the 17th of March, and there are plans for a mobile police station to be based there occasionally. The cost-cutting plans also include the closure of two non-public facing offices in Bradville and Conneborough. Thames Valley Police say it's already had a cut in its budget of £58 million and will lose another £44 million over the next three years. Anglian Water is cutting bills by 7%. The company say this will mean an annual bill drops by an average of £29. The price change comes into effect from April the 1st. In sport, Milton Keynes Don's teenager Delhi Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported £5 million deal, but the 18-year-old will be loaned back to the Dons for the rest of the season. Also ahead of last night's deadline, young non-league striker Kishi Anderson swapped to Bedfordshire Village side for the Premier League. He's left Barton Rovers to join Crystal Palace. The weather, an icy start with occasional sleet and snow showers. Brighter this afternoon, but staying cold in the northerly winds. A maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. What a great idea. A shoe built on blocks. I'll call them blocker boots. We'll sell a million. is officially sponsored by Blocker Boots. It's a new direction the BBC is taking. We hope you like it. It's called Jazz Odyssey. This one's written by our bass player. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tougher finds if you drop a fag or a little bit of rubbish. There's a security firm doing it in one area. Well, some people are upset by this, and I'm kind of scratching my head as to why. We talking about Catherine. I can't remember dropping in on an elderly neighbour. Um, there's a new um, there's a new campaign from Age UK. They want you to do that. Take a selfie, oh, put it on your Facebook profile or your Twitter profile, the t- and you, then you, donate. You've so said like, the two worst words you could yeah. to campaign involved in the campaign: Twitter and selfie. Yeah, it's called not by my selfie. Of course it is. I but, bet they were all high fiving around the office when they came up with that one. Just donate three quid. If you're interested, just donate. You know, and I don't. I, 
If you're an older person, <laughs> let's say over 65, would you be offended if someone came and knocked on your door? You're right. Would you mind if I take a picture of us? <laughs> say cheese. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We got any texts? Yeah. John in Marsh Farm, not happy. Please don't keep saying the main roads are clear. I've been sat on the Leighton Buzzard to Aylesbury Road for 40 minutes. Then I apologise. Would you please publicise this as many times as you can during your shows this morning? Thank you. Well, Due to the conditions on the pavements and driveways and the untreated side streets, plus the forecast of further snow this morning, South Bed's dial ride will not be operating its dial ride service today. Hey. Safety must come first. Hey. Our public bus services are operating as normal. Thank you, Dave Barrett, General Manager. Thank you, Dave. Disappointing for lots of people, but you're right, safety must come first. And also, traction control, that's what the TC stands for. In your car. What am, oh. When am I supposed to turn it off? When the little yellow... Oh, because the little yellow light came on as I did a wheel spin coming out of a petrol station this morning. I think you're supposed to turn it out there off before that, are you? Well, how do I or know? it supposed to be on? When is it? What is it? And what do I do? Dave says, you ask what the orange button mark TC in your car does. The TC means top cat. <laughs> it makes your wheels spin when the button's pushed. Wow. Fast and furious styling. OK, thanks, man. I'm going to keep hitting that dial. Is that it? Uh, Maffin Hanslope. Oh, what is God. the fine for schools when they close due to snow? We've not heard of any yet. What is the Ask fine? The schools. No, he said, what is the fine? Yeah. Well, there isn't a fine. Many times you've hosted debates on school holidays, Maffin oh. Hanslope. Oh. Well, Maff, come on, don't be silly. But I do, I do think that uh, schools often at, uh, are a little bit too keen to close. Not today, as far as we know. Not today, as far as we know. Ask your school or council. Not us. We're a radio station. We play the hits. We don't. <laughs> Uh, no, we don't. We play obscure album tracks from the late 60s, early 70s. But and now, you will enjoy them. It's emerged that Broxbourne Borough Council has hired ex-soldiers to catch people dropping cigarette butts, crisp packets, litter. Kingdom Security take a £40 cut of every fine issued, which, when you think they dished out almost 3,500 penalties from 2011 to, to 2012, and are set to do the same this year, well, it's a nice little earner for them. Um, and it's, uh, by the way, most councils dish out a maximum of 50 litter fines a year, making Broxbourne the sixth biggest fining council in the country. Well, some people are very upset by this and, and, and think this is an outrage. I, I, I'm kind of scratching my head as to why. Councillor Tim Hutchings is the Cabinet Member for Public and Environmental Protection at Broxbourne Borough Council. Morning, Tim. Good morning. What was the thinking behind getting a security company in to, to, to take over this? Um, well, essentially, it's cost-effective. It, it works. Um, uh, and we're very happy with it. It doesn't cost us any money, and... Uh... That's the way we like it. Does the council make any money from this? No, not at all. It's it's, it's cost neutral, really. Um, okay, they, they get their money from the fines, and uh, we get a bit bit of that money back to to cover administration. Okay, so is there a chance that um, because it's a private company and they get all the money from the fines, that but perhaps they're a little bit heavy-handed? Um, well, there's always that chance, of course. We acknowledge that. Um, but that having been said, uh, I mean, very recently, for example. We had a complaint regarding two young men that were getting too many tickets. Um, and we looked into it and, and we agreed with that complaint and we withdrew, withdrew the tickets. So, you know, you, you, you have to monitor these things, but by and large, uh, we think it's successful. It's been going for a few years. Do these, um, do these uh, uh, this security company, when they spot someone, do they say, Oi, pick that up or you're going to get a fine? Or, or, or do they slap a fine on immediately? Um, they should uh, tell, tell them to pick it up. Um, as you might imagine, they don't always get the response they want. Um, you know, people people shouldn't be littering. We're spending a million pound a year collecting litter on our streets. 
a million pound we could spend elsewhere much more productively. And are you surprised that you've uh, you, that Broxbourne has had three and a half thousand fines in a year? Uh, uh, most councils dish out, dish out about fifty fines a year. Well, I don't, I don't want to speak for other councils. Um, but there's a big difference. Are you surprised by that? <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I, I just think that the company are doing their job properly. I mean, as an authority, we're, we're very keen to provide value for money for, for our, our taxpayers. Uh, you know, we have the lowest tax rate in, in, the, in the country of any English borough council. Um, we've just won a gold award for, for, for our, our cleanliness in oh. our streets. We're still not satisfied. We still want to go further. Um, but, uh, you know, if people don't litter, we won't be issuing any tickets. I'm, I'm struggling, Tim, to find um, a, a, a problem with this, because litter is one of my bugbears, OK? It's, it's, it's annoying, it's ridiculous, and it's completely avoidable. Well, absolutely. You know, we've, we've got a thousand bins in the borough. Um, you know, in Hoddesdon High Street, for example, there are 22 bins. Blimey. Um, you know, I, I won't claim that we always manage to, to, to empty them as quickly as we would like, but generally we do. Uh, you know, there is no excuse. But, but frankly, if people can't find a place to deposit litter properly, then they should take it home with them. Well, well, one, one tiny problem that I might see, Tim, is uh, the privatisation of the uh, uh, council responsibility. Some people could argue that that, that, that perhaps is, I'm going to use a horribly clichéd phrase, but I can't think of anything better, the thin end of the wedge. Well, I can understand why some people are concerned about that, but then it's up to authorities to, to properly monitor it and manage it. You know, when we do get complaints, we, we need to look into them properly and, and, and come to a sensible judgment. As I said earlier, you know, recently we had complaints against two young men who, who, who have certain problems. Uh, we looked into it and, and we withdrew the tickets and, and sent an apology. Uh, but by and large, actually, we, we don't get many complaints. Uh, th- Tim, listen, thank you very much indeed. Good to talk to you. And uh, do you know what? I've, I've struggled all morning to try and come up with, um, with, with an argument against this, and I can't. I think it sounds like a good idea. Don't litter! It's as simple as that. What do you think? Um, and it wasn't the hypnotist. Sorry, it was, it was the, uh, the, uh, another guy we spoke to that, that tweeted me, not the hypnotist, so ignore that comment, Catherine. Uh, I, I, I can't really see a problem. I can sort of see people getting worried the privatisation of, of, of council yeah. responsibilities. As soon as you start hearing about people who are ex-forces, yeah. private security firms patrolling your neighbourhood, yeah. you start to worry. But... Thank you, Kels. They're doing the job. Can I just say, Kelly, by the way, mm. that um, New York gag... Spot on. Next time you think of something as funny as that, could you just email it to me and I'll say it? Oh, that old what, trick. Like usual? Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much indeed. It's just a bit... I'll let you have that one. I'm meaning to talk to you about that arrangement. Yes. I'm not happy with it anymore. It doesn't matter. That's the deal that we struck. Well, and I'm I want... always made to sound like a plum and um, you know all the best lines are mine. So, I mean, where's my cut? Sorry? My cut. Your cut. Um, I really... Uh, we'll have this conversation off air, but we'll just keep the arrangement that we've got. I'll pay you a penny for every gag at the end of the year, minus uh, any uh, that have uh, been, of course, relied upon my input or those of other uh, nefarious forces. So you actually yeah, but only... you change it by, like, the or and, and then you say it's your joke, you wrote it? You owe me £25. What? 08459 455 555. I, I, I can't see anybody would have a problem with this. It just litter makes perfect sense. People who are obsessively litter bugs. Litter Oh, careful! Yeah, I know. I mean, you did that one again. We've been there, haven't we? Um, it's just—it's just—it's just an annoying thing, you know. Put it in your pocket, and it's horrible having an apple core in your pocket. If you don't fancy having an apple core in your pocket, hey, don't go out eating you can an apple. Eat the whole thing. Eating? Yeah, you can. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. You won't grow the, a tree, the, you know. the, the knob at do the end. What they should do? Go on. Chewable cigarette butts, so that once you finish your cigarette, Jeez. just eat it. That'll put you off smoking. Yeah. 
Make it, make it like mint so it turns into chewing gum that freshens your do you breath. Make it into chewing gum. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. Make do, it, make it. Do so. you want to say it so it's yours? No, it's not that good. Oh. Never worked, too sticky. We've got any Texas? Yeah. Well, let's have some of them then. Oh, you want me to read them? Yeah. Go oh, on. so now I'm important. Weird, weird vibe on the show today. Have you noticed that? Not, not coming from anybody, not from any tood or anything like that. I've just felt a weird vibe on the show. I think you might be it. Oh. Ian, I totally agree with hitting people in the pocket with regards to litter, says Mark in Bedford. In a very long text, why don't you call us? I don't know, what have we said? 08459 455555. I brought my son up to never drop litter, he hands it to me. Well... You see, I think that that's wrong as well. Yeah. Put it in your own pocket so they don't think it's something they have to get rid of. We're working on that. We're working on that, yeah. My van is like a bin until it gets emptied out. If I see someone on the street drop litter, I challenge them. Last week, I saw a teenager walk down the street and pour a chocolate milkshake over the ticket machine. (laughs) That's not litter, that's vandalism. (laughs) Oh, that's insania! I challenged him and asked him why he did it, and all he could say is, sorry, mate. I told him, don't forget, you don't know who's watching you. Oh, well, don't, don't go around, don't go around threatening teenagers. I told him, don't forget you don't know who's watching you. I've been with friends when they've dropped litter and I've made them pick it up. If they ran this nation wide, people... Oh, if they ran this nation wide, people would have more respect for their surroundings. Don't know what jobs you would give litter pickers, though. Mark in Bedford. Is that the end? I was about to say, are we coming to the end as of long Because it was going on a Bring us bit. next time, Mark, because I'd love to hear your beautiful voice say this out loud rather than mine. As would everyone. Well, I don't know about that. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Anything else? Or should we yeah, move on? Yeah, angry text. Oh yeah. Seen it all now. Uh oh. Snowplow going into Aylesbury Prison. Why? Make the tow rags clear their own snow. What about the icy pavements and the pensioners? Blimey, I'm angry today. John Marsh Farm. <laughs> John, thank you very much indeed for the anger. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed at Junction 11 for Dunstable Road because the car's broken down. That's causing delays from Junction 12 for Flittick. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are closed just after Junction 24 for Potters Bar, and that's still causing delays from Junction 21A for St Albans. It's also looking very slow in the opposite direction as well. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's very slow from Two Waters Road down towards the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. The A1 Great North Road's very busy from Station Road at Hemsford towards the Black Cat Roundabouts, and also on the a421 Mark called to say that between Buckingham to Milton Keynes around Thornborough it's stop start at the moment so we'll have a look what's causing the problem there on the trains there are still half an hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure and Thameslink services still have possible delays between St Albans and Mitcham Junction Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha Right, it's 8.15, it's uh, Tuesday the 3rd of February, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire council is defending using a private security company to issue litter fines. A judge has condemned a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds. And in sport, Milton Keynes Don's teenager Delhi Alley has joined Tottenham for a reported £5 million. BBC Three Counties Radio. My fear is that one day you're going to knock that half pint of water over. Because you do, you do, yeah, you do, you do like to play it low and loose. <laughs> I do, and I have a terrible habit of uh, chucking drinks all over people. Really? Normally well, red go, wine. Let go of it. Let go of it. Um, None of that. I, uh, yeah, I'm terrible with red wine. 
which considering I've just had l- gorgeous luxury cream mm. carpet installed. I can't installed, believe you took the day off work to get carpet installed. This, you, you say that. I spent most of yesterday lugging furniture from one room to another as they completed. I had the whole house done. Yeah, well, exactly. You, took pay, ages. you pay them a little bit extra to do it. They don't do that. They don't do furniture. You say to them, lads, listen, 50 quid and a bottle of wine, would that do it? 50 quid and a bottle of wine? Yeah, of course. They charge £30 just to shave the bottom of a door off. You shouldn't have hairy doors, should you? <laughs> I Ch- should. Chilly Willy? Pardon? Chilly Willy? Well, what does that mean? Well, you look a bit chilly. You've got your scarf on, you've got jerseys. <laughs> it's freezing and... out there. It's yeah. absolutely freezing. Isn't it great? The snow it's is no, here it's not. at last. I hate the snow. Roll on the summer. It will make it easier to see your dog's whoopsies. Uh, well, I went out with the dog this morning yep. in the snow. She enjoyed the snow. Oh, she did marvellous. She jumped about yep, yep. Like, a, like a newborn lamb. Yeah, well, it's a, a puppy. She, she liked it. Yeah. What's on the show this morning? Uh, I like this litter story you've yep. been talking about this morning, so we're going to pick up on this this morning from nine. I'm going to be asking, do you think Broxbourne Council is taking litter too seriously? As you've been saying, Broxbourne Borough Council have hired ex-soldiers to catch and find people who drop litter. Kingdom Security, who employ the litter-busting veterans, take a £40... Well, you're pound pleased with that one, aren't you? Yeah. So you smile as Take you said a that. £40 cut of every fine issued from 2011 to 2012. They issued nearly 3,500 penalties, which could have raised around £140,000 for the private security firm. On average, councils only dish out around 50 litter fines per year. Yep. So this means Broxbourne is now the sixth biggest fining council in the country. So from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction to this. Do you think Broxbourne Council is taking litter too seriously? You can't take it too seriously. Good job. Well done. You, you want more of it, do you? Well, I do. And I think that the aim of the residents of Broxbourne should be to make this business go out of... Uh, th- 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 this business collapse. Really? Yeah, so that they don't... That they, they, they have to stop issuing fines because people get the message. SAS snipers in the bushes. <laughs> I don't know about snipers, but yeah. They can use swords and karate skills and take, pe- take people down like that. Right. You'd like you'd like them tasered up, wouldn't you? Of course. Uh, well, I, I'll yes. I I'd... hate litter, and it's so avoidable. Do you do anything about it? Um, I tidy up sometimes. I take my boys sometimes when we tidy stuff up. Um, I... I've stopped my car in the middle of the road before to shout at people. Well, that's irresponsible. That's bad driving. I uh, it was it was two two boys walking home oh, from school. <laughs> And right. I was driving past, yep. and I saw them drop litter, and I thought, not having this. So I stopped my car. How old were these boys? Shouted, oh, 15. Okay, so he's, he's shouting at children. So I shouted I out the window, Oi, you have just dropped something. Yeah. Uh, at which point they went bright red, because there was quite a line of traffic by this point behind me, because as yep. you say, I'd irresponsibly blocked the road. To, the, to, to bully highway. some children, yeah. I said, you've dropped something, you need to pick it up. Yeah. So they went bright red, went back and picked it up. Job uh, done. I prefer to go a bit more passive-aggressive, you'll be surprised to know. Yeah. Oh. Excuse me, I think you've dropped something. Doing the face. The only... T- by the way, this is the rest Holding of the show. Holding small children's hand for safety. When, was, when, when, when did you last shout at children? 08459 Not your own. Not your own. I shouted at some children because they were being really rude to a woman. There's a group of kids, and they're about 12, 13. Horrible little kids. And um, there was about <laughs> five or six of them. No, there was about five or six of them. And this woman walked through them. And there was this lad, right? This little lad, he was 12. And he's going up behind going, come on, what? yeah. He was getting groiny. He was getting groiny with her. And, anyway, and this woman was, you know, she was in her, I don't know, 30s, 40s. And she was obviously intimidated and kind of lowered her head and walked on. And I pulled up beside them. And I wound and went, oi, little bit of respect. 
And then they started flicking their fingers at me. Had you stopped the car in the middle of the road? I pulled over. Oh, you pulled over. I pulled over and I shouted at them. And then they started getting sweary with me. And I thought, message made off. And I I was out there. That's told them. 08459 You're not a trained veteran. No, exactly. No, but he does get cockney on people. And that does sort of... um... I did cure a cat once. Do do you do that? When you you, um, confront men... Do you do you get a bit more kind of cockney? Oh yeah, I turn it to my dad because yeah. I get more pompous. Okay, I turn it to my dad, and the same. If we'd have had, if I'd have had the people uh, laying the carpet, yes, uh, yesterday. All right, fellas, you know, you've got yourselves to tea and biscuits. You know, you use that voice. There's coffee in this honey Nescafe. I'm afraid. Sorry, the, uh, <laughs> really? the, the espresso. Do you remember when we saw that um, tramp having a wee? Oh, I he, think that's what he was doing. Oh, uh, he was doing something. Was doing. Yeah, let's say he was. He said, "All right, mate, you okay?" Like that. Yeah. All right, all right, fella. You all right? He got really kind of um, David Essex on him. Ian Lee didn't exist and Ian Rugby existed. For I would have moment. said, you are a disgrace no. and you no, appall he me. A, he was a sorry sight, that <laughs> poor lad. He was a sad state. But I was also, I was very defensive of Catherine. I stood in between his uh, penis and Catherine. Oh, my God. And, uh, all right, fella, you're all right. What I was saying was, back off, this lady... So, um, Aaron, you found a tramp urinating. Well... I don't stood, think, that's being generous to say. You went and stood next to him... He and started, with struck up a conversation. He covered the tramp with himself. I was defending Kath's already besmirched honour. Shouldn't have bothered. I've seen far worse than that. Well, yeah. You should have said, what are you doing? Yeah. You're a disgrace. He was embarrassed. He was em- as embarrassed as we were. He was a crumpled mess, poor yes. lad. Yes, anyway, what, did you remind us what this has got to... Well, I can't remember what your I show is. I have no idea how we got onto this. Well, you need to be more focused, man. From, from nine this morning, do you think Broxbourne Council <laughs> is taking litter too seriously? Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of... Uh, it's chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of oh. the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you... It. What does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, look, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000 when you're in such... I'm oh, sorry, we've got to end that because I've got a guest, I've got a caller, but also Kelly's got... We're asking, ever shouted at someone else's kids? Kelly, you've got 30 seconds to tell us your twist on that. I've never shouted at someone else's kids, but somebody else's kids have shouted at me. Ladies and gentlemen, 08459 455 555. We'll talk about phone scamming in uh, about 90 seconds. Before that, Chris is in Shefford. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. Chris, you're the lunatic that paid um, several millions of pounds to sit in the studio with Justin Dealey, of all people. Justin Dealey, laying on the beach in Barbados while you're, you're working hard there. Who's the fool? Yep. Um, oh, I think I know the answer to that one. It's Dealey. He's a, <laughs> Dealey. Honestly, Dealey, Dealey had a lobster lunch with Cliff Richard. Did he? Yeah, this is a true story. A lazy lobster lunch. We've seen the evidence, the ev. Do you want to, do you want to hear my Michael Winner story about a lobster? Um, probably not. Oh, go on. Go, you got, you got 30 guy, seconds, because I've got a guest. Guy walks into a restaurant and says, oh, sorry, so I'd like lobster thermidor. He says, OK, so I've got one here going cheap with only one claw. He said, bring me the winner. No, didn't do it. OK, never mind. Oh. Um. have been in a fight. I'm no good at jokes. Anyway, a uh, little story, quickly. Yeah. Following a guy the other day in a van, on the phone of all things makes me mad anyway. Good, then you start flicking fag butts him and his mate out the window. Oh. I was livid. Yeah. I was, I just thought, you know what? And unsung heroes... 
the people up and down the A6 <coughs> who work for the councils, picking I, all the litter up. It's a job, but they're doing a fantastic job. I think they're... Well I th- done, aren't they prisoners on community service? Well, if they are, they're doing a fantastic job. Well done, those guys. Across beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> this I think they're prisoners. BBC Three Counties Radio. Isn't that community service? If I've done you a, a disservice, I apologise. Let me know. Now, a gang of phone scammers who posed as police officers and conned elderly and vulnerable people out of thousands of pounds have been jailed for more than 17 years. Uh, a 184-year-old woman from Hertfordshire lost more than 20 grand after being contacted every day for 30 days. Well, Anne Ferguson from Ampthill, and you were a, a victim of a similar scam, weren't you? What happened to you? Yes, mine was way back in August when I had a phone call one Saturday evening, allegedly from the fraud squad who told me to ring my bank. Um, before I rang my bank, I had a phone call from Santander, which is my bank, yeah. and I wouldn't speak to them because I said I need to know who I'm speaking to. Uh, don't be offended, I will ring back. So I lifted a little while and rang back, and then I was told that there had been unexplained activity on my account and they needed to cancel my cards, which we went through this system of cancelling. I was told that I would get the, I would get new cards within five days and that they would then put me back to the fraud squad. They then said that there had been, while I'd been on the phone, somebody had been trying to use, obviously, clone cards, and they needed my cards to compare and that they were sending a courier. So basically, this call went on for an hour and 20 minutes, and eventually this courier came and collected the card. Blimey. I was very suspicious. I was asked to type in various numbers. I tried yeah. to go onto the internet to check, you know, what had gone out of my bank. They told me 2,000 had gone out and actually given me false transactions that they said that people had taken. Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, in the yeah. end, um, well, after I'd given these cards, I was suspicious. I immediately phoned the police and was told that the CAD number I had been given, which was the crime number, had been registered as a, as a you know, as a genuine, uh, you know, crime against me and that not to worry and it wasn't until next day when I phoned Santander just to check that I discovered that it was in fact a scam and that the um, fraudsters have kept the line open. So you hadn't spoken to the police at all? You'd still no, been speaking no. to the fraudsters? Yes, yes. Oh, oh yes. Blimey. Yes, I, and I went through all the security questions. Yeah. I had the correct holding music for Santander. There is no way anybody would have not known that they were not talking. They're very to clever, aren't they? Mm. How much money did they get, Anne? For me, fourteen hundred. Mm, blimey! So, I mean, which was enough. But yeah. I've, since I've come, I, I've already spoken to press and TV and everything about this. It's sort of become an ambition to sort of try and stop it. Yeah, um, it's uh, they're, they're, they're they're so devious. And uh, did, did, when they so someone came and collected the card, did they? Yes. Me. And I understand that um, a photo kit was issued way back because I spoke to you on your programme yes. back when the photo kit was issued. I have since been in and had an identity session, uh, which was quite difficult because they now do it with photographs, which is very mm. much, it would be very much easier if you saw a full length picture because you can't see the stature of the Yeah, person. yeah. Uh, but I understand that they, uh, from the police, that they have actually, you know, sort of arrested them, but I do not know the outcome of anything more. So whether it's a you've been talking about or not, I really have not heard. Did you get the money back, Anne? No, I didn't. This is an ongoing problem with Santander. After your programme, they've reviewed it four times. Uh, In the end, I wrote to the head of Santander, Steve Pateman, having read various um, interviews that he had given, one of which he says when he was talking about how he worked, I quote, I look through the lens of a camera and see what the customer sees and act accordingly. Their slogan is simple 
simple, personal and fair. So in a long letter to him, I pointed out how could he possibly be fair when he was the only bank that had not returned money out of the 40 people that had been scammed in Bedfordshire. And I know that all the other banks, including Barclays, HSBC, my friend was done by both of the same gang with both of those, all got their money back. And what did he say in reply, Anne? Uh, Well, I had a phone call from somebody to say that when he got the letter that he would be contacting me. Uh, I waited four and a half weeks, and basically all I got was more or less a carbon copy of the the final decision oh. that they were not going to refund. And it's listen, I've got to move on, but uh, it's it's a uh, 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 well, I was going to say a cracking story, but um, it's a horrific story, but uh, expertly told, and um, it must be very frustrating. Anne Ferguson from Ampt Hill, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed at Junction 11 for Dunstable Road, which is causing queues from Junction 12 for Flitwick because of vehicles broken down there. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are still closed just after Junction 24 for Potters Bar, and that's causing delays from Junction 21A for St Albans. It's also looking very slow anti-clockwise past that stretch. In Hartford on Millbridge, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors at St Andrews Street at Old Cross, and in Stephen Hitching Road is stop start around Ingleside Drive and Corey Mills Lane. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, that's very slow between the Hemel Hempstead turn off and the M25 junction 20 for Kings Langley. And the A413 between Aylesbury and Great Missenden is very slow because of ice on the road. And Mick said that it uh, was causing some problems earlier on. Also, Mark called to say that the A421 between Buckingham and Milton Keynes is very slow around Thornborough and Great Thornwood. And on the trains, there are half hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure. Samantha BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Hertfordshire council is defending using a private security company to issue litter fines. Broxbourne Borough Council hands out thousands of fines every year for dropping litter or cigarette ends, while neighbouring authorities issue only a handful. A police office in Woburn Sands near Milton Keynes, which is staffed by volunteers, is closing today as the Thames Valley Force tries to save money. Next month, another office in Olney will also close. And Anglian Water is cutting bills by 7%. The company say this will mean an annual annual bill drops by an average of £29. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Don's teenager Deli Alley has joined Tottenham in a reported £5 million deal, but he will still play a part in the Don's League One promotion challenge. The Don's also welcome back a former captain, and there were arrivals at Luton and Stevenage ahead of last night's deadline, as Jeff Doyle reports. As expected, Deli Alley completed his move to Tottenham for around £5 million plus add ons, signing a five and a half year contract. He's been loaned back to MK for the rest of the season. The Don's have also signed former player Keith Andrews on loan from Bolton having had his Watford loan cut short. Watford midfielder Lewis McGugan has gone back to Sheffield Wednesday on loan. Luton have signed Tottenham's young striker Nathan Adua on loan. And Stevenage have loaned QPR winger Bruno Andrade and striker Danny Johnson from Cardiff. Luton also extended the loan of striker Jaden Stockley but were unable to complete a third deal last night despite what the club has described as extensive negotiations. Chelsea's £23 million signing of Columbia winger Juan Cudrado was 
the biggest deal yesterday. They sold Germany's Andre Schürrle to Wolfsburg for £22 million. But one of the most amazing transfers last night saw young striker Kishi Anderson swap a Bedfordshire village side for the Premier League. He's left Barton Rovers in the Southern League Division 1 Central to join Crystal Palace, a move of seven divisions up the football pyramid for an undisclosed fee. Barton's chairman is Darren Wiley. Crystal Palace weren't the only big club that was in for him. Norwich were looking at him. Brentford, well, Brentford is where it all came about last week. Mm. Um, we got him a trial down there. Um, he came off the bench on 65 minutes and scored a perfect hat-trick <laughs> in six minutes. It was against Crystal Palace, which highlighted them to him. Elsewhere, Watford have successfully appealed against Gabriel Angela's controversial red card in the first minute of Friday night's defeat at Bournemouth. It means he can play at home to Blackburn on Saturday. Tonight's FA Cup fourth-round replays include Manchester United versus Cambridge and in Conference South, Hemel Hempstead are at home to Wealdstone. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at 9. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck, oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread. He's swallowed by... <laughs> Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, uh, you may remember on the uh, d- 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 27th of January, we spoke to uh, a dad, Robert Smith, who hasn't seen his kids on his own for a couple of years, and he had uh, got uh, arrested and charged because he had... um, uh, There was a restraining order on approaching his wife, and he had stood and uh, addressed her via a megaphone, and he came on and uh, told us his story. Uh, And I thought that was the end of that. And then I noticed on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, a gentleman called Paul Manning was... uh, Well, seemed to have taken issue with part of the interview. He's, he's, He's posted on their... Uh, he's called me a coward, spoken about freedom of speech, uh, and was quite rude. And I thought, well, the best thing to do, instead of engaging like a couple of 15-year-old schoolgirls on Facebook, uh, is to invite him on the show. And Paul's come on the show. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. Paul, what's your beef? Uh, well, I, I, my, my beef is Bobby Smith's beef, actually. I've spoken to Bobby since he had his interview with you. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't know Bobby's beef because he's not here. What, what, what's your problem? Why are you being rude about me on well, Facebook? I, I, I can't. I can't address the situation unless I speak to uh, speak about Bobby. Well, yeah. Well, you can do, but he's not here, Paul. Now you took you took issue with me on Facebook. What did you take issue with? Are you, are you going to hear me, hear me out, Ian? Because yeah, I'm... but Paul, listen. We've got to play by rules. But Robert isn't here. You took issue with me on Facebook. Yeah, I'd like to hear what your issue is. If you're not going to allow me to speak about Bobby Smith, then I can't answer your question. That's logical, isn't it? Yeah, but th- no, no, it's not logical, Paul, because you had issue on Facebook. The issue was something that you had. Would you like to address that? Yes, I can, but I can only address that because it concerns what yeah, you, you said can... to Bobby Smith. OK, carry on then. You, you, you said the statement to Bobby Smith, and I quote, I, I quote verbatim, you said, there must be a reason given by the courts mm. that you're not allowed to see your kids. Mm. 
Now, as far as I can see, uh, having spoken to Bobby, he... Paul, I don't, listen, I'm going to be really strict on this. I don't... But Robert isn't here. I only have your word you've spoken to him. You took well, issue with... you have with... to accept my word because Bobby's a small... I, I, don't, I don't have to, Paul. You took issue with me on Facebook. That's what this is all about. Well, what I, was your I, issue? I, it seems to me that you're being unreasonable because you won't allow me to, to refer you... I'll tell you what. Let's have, a listen. Let's have a listen to that audio, shall we? Yes, I can, I can tell you that that's exactly what you said. OK, well, let, let, let's have a listen to it. OK, here we go. Now, parents don't like being threatened with fines for taking their... Hang on a second, let me find it. I've got, I've, I'm doing this on my phone because we couldn't find the audio on the computer, but it's at two... OK, so this is Robert Smith, OK? OK. So on the day... On, right, on the day in question... Yeah. You were stood there with a megaphone... Yeah. ..shouting into it. What, what were you trying to achieve? Um, well, about just over a week before, I spoke to the Prime Minister of his house and he made it quite clear that he's not interested in my case or any cases or addressing the laws. What do you mean you spoke to the Prime Minister at his house? Outside his house. I spoke to him about uh, father's rights and family law. David Cameron? Yeah. Okay. Right, and so him, and this is three and a half years into my court case. Yeah. Uh, and he'd made it quite clear that he's not interested in reforming family law or even looking at it or helping me out. And um, my children hadn't seen me for years, so I decided that... Um, Here we go. ..that I needed to make sure they... That I needed to make sure that they knew I, I still loved them. Yeah. So. Um, why have you not seen your kids for years? It's nothing... Um, it's nothing I've done, it's just... It's just what the process is. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, not by far the only person in the country who's gone through this. People have been going through it a long time before I was a father. But there must, there must be a, a reason given in, in, in court that you're not no. allowed to see your kids. It's not that I'm not allowed to see the children. There's nothing to stop me seeing the children. That's the part. Um, That's the part. All right, Paul, let him speak. There's been no order made to, to make... OK, I'm sorry I was playing it off my telephone. We had a bit of a problem with the computer, see? But, was, again, if you're not going to allow me to address... No, Paul, Paul, would you, uh, listen, you know what you're talking about, I think. Uh, I do. I just want to make sure that the listener does. OK, uh, so what's your problem with that? The, your problem is the expression, there must be a reason given by the courts that you can't, you're not allowed to see your kids, is a knee-jerk presumption that suggests that most fathers who are not seeing their children have done something wrong. I happen to be one of those fathers who have been fighting to see Here you for years. Here we go. And this is what you're angry about, is the fact that you can't see no, your kids. I'm not kids. angry. I'm, on, I'm angry on Bobby's behalf, and, so, and Bobby is angry too. I well, Bobby wasn't you. angry during the interview, uh, Paul. If he's no, angry he afterwards... Angry he wasn't angry during the interview. No, he wasn't angry until I suggest someone may have stirred him up a little bit. Listen, the thing is... Ian, you're not going to allow me to talk. Paul, you're I'm going to allow you to talk, but I'm going to... Paul! No, I'm not, I don't put the phone down. I'm here until nine o'clock. You can stay till the end if you want, brother. I'm not fussed, but I'm going to defend myself, OK? Uh, I'm not... By the way, I'm why not... Why did a ju- you think... Why did you think that he must have done something wrong? Why couldn't you have put it... Why didn't you ask him... Have the court said that you couldn't see your children? Rather than Paul. using the expression, there must be a reason. Why did you say there must be a reason? Because, Paul... If you listen carefully, it's interesting that uh, out of a whole ten-minute interview, you've picked one line, you've picked one thing that's upset you. You've not picked no, any... It's not upset me, it's upset Bobby. Well, no, Paul, Paul listen, you, I can hear that you're upset, and your, fa- your first Facebook post, which I deleted, not Facebook, because I thought it was rude and I didn't want you to bring well, my... Ch- what way was it rude, Bobby? Uh, sorry, in, in what way was it rude, Ian? I didn't, want my, I didn't want my children brought into it, Paul. I thought that was disrespectful and I thought that was unnecessary. You're making that up, I didn't refer to your children at all. Yes, you did. Paul, in the first post you referred to my children. Ian, why are you lying? (laughs) 
Paul, I'm not you're lying. lying. Paul, now, now you're lying. Paul, it, Paul, it, let me... Paul, uh, listen. I'm, it's I'm, typically in Lee that has been complained about time and time after Here we time. go. Someone's been on the internet. Well done. You mentioned my kids, Paul. You said, I hope that you're never put in this position where you can't see your no, kids. I'm mentioning your kids. You said, I hope you're never put in this position where you don't get to see your kids. That's I mentioned... never said that at all. I haven't been front of me what I said to you. Read, said, read it out, Paul. Read it out. I said, I said, I hope you never have to go to the family courts because your wife will have more rights than you will have. I didn't refer to your children oh, at Paul, all. Paul, 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 we're arguing semantics. Listen, the whole ten-minute interview, I was... You uh, do understand English, don't you, Ian? Do you see what I mean? <laughs> Paul, yes, you, Paul, you're Paul. picking things up when I didn't refer to your children. Paul, Let's, you, Paul. no, Paul, Rather listen, Paul. Falling out all this, pa- can't Paul, we just have a sensible discussion? I don't think we can, Paul, because you're doing yourself no favours. Now, listen, the whole 10 minute interview, the major- first of all, we did three hits on Robert's story, okay? We did three hits on it, which is quite a lot, okay? So we were obviously interested. The 10 minute interview. And I listened to it last night. Uh, I was interested, I was concerned, and the majority of it was, um, was finding out what was going on, asking him how it affected him, and even, dare I say, even offering a, a, a few suggestions on ways that he can make things easier for him yeah, I agree with all that. in the future. I... And you've picked out one thing that was, was a question, that was a question not of nastiness, not of intent, not of insinuation, but of, uh, 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 of incredulity. Incredulity, Paul. I have no problem with the rest of your interview. And oh, I'm so glad, problem. Paul. Are you going to continue to interrupt me? And are you, are you going to continue to be rude and obnoxious, Paul? I'm not rude and obnoxious at all. I'm I'll a very the, reasonable guy. I will let the listener decide. Continue, Mr Manning. But you said there must be a reason given by the courts that you don't see your kids. Now, that type of reaction we fathers get all the time, as though we've it harmed our... It was incredulity, Paul. There was, you, you have read an implication in there that m- may have been made towards you. There was no implication. No, there was no insinuation. I'm it in was touch. incredulity, Paul. I'm in touch with Bobby Smith most days, and I said to Bobby, were you offended by that? He said, yes, it's the same old thing, Paul. Okay. We fathers get accused of... Okay. Well, of Paul, Paul, listen. children when it's Paul. not true. Nah. Paul, All I can tell you, tell you is, is this. Paul, is, no, Paul, uh, Paul, listen. You, I've played the clip out. I think most right-minded people have known that there was no accusation there. There's no need to go on the internet and hint at my children. There's no need to go on I the internet and call... your children. There's no need to go on the internet and call me a coward. Um, I do believe you are a coward. In what way am I a coward? Because you tend to, whenever whenever people don't agree with you, Ian, the first thing you do, and you're supposed to be a journalist... I'm not a journalist, Paul. I'll stop you there, mate. I'm I'm not a journalist. I'm just a bloke. I've not got the skills or intelligence to be a journalist. Well, your job description as a radio DJ is one of a journalist. No, a DJ... Paul, listen, mate, you're clutching at straws. I'm not a journalist. There are journalists in this building, and I bow at their knowledge and their ability to hunt down and sniff a story. I'm just a bloke. A DJ, which I'm not either, is a disc jockey. That's someone who makes records well, play on a record player. Well, I don't want to discuss the semantics about Well, but it's, it's very important but, when you're accusing me of being a journalist. If you would think that you would allow some kind of freedom of speech when people disagree with you. Paul, there's, the n- Paul there's no such thing as freedom of speech. Are you listening a lot to us from Scotland? Oh, I listen to your programme occasionally. I suggest you listen to when BBC I want Scotland. To have a laugh and a bit of a joke. I'll, I'll okay. listen to you, Ian. And I, and I know that's meant as a dig, Paul, but I take that as a great compliment. Listen. Well, I hope you do, mate. Yeah. I hope you do. And there's that tone again, Paul. Listen, I'm going to let you have the last word. You got 30 seconds. Away you go, fella. I, I just want to say to the to the great British public out there that of uh, of of all the cases that go to the family courts, out of. Uh, 
95% of the cases, mum gets the kids. Only 5% of fathers who end up in the family courts actually end up with custody of their children. And I'd like to ask people, why is that so? That if we're supposed to be all equal, mothers and fathers, why is it mothers are getting custody of the, of the children as opposed to the fathers? Now, that's a statistic that doesn't wash with me. And too many fathers are heartbroken, and I'm one of them. Do you know what, Paul? Bobby Smith Paul, at not seeing their Paul, children. Paul, I'm going to interrupt now. You've, you've been on the radio. How long have you been on the radio for? Seven minutes? Eight minutes? I don't know, but you're welcome to cut me off. Ian, I'm you? not going to cut you off, Paul. I'm going to go to the travel in a minute. If you want to stick around, you can, but I'm finding it a little bit boring. You've had eight minutes on the radio, OK? You spent 30 seconds talking about a really important issue. You spent seven and a half minutes arguing semantics and putting down a bloke who used to be on the telly. Put do you not see... Do you not see... Do you not see that what maybe you got your priorities down, a little bit wrong? What have I put down? Well, you've been rude about me, Paul. I don't, I don't recall being rude about you. Okay, I just well, have an opinion about you, Ian. And it's a very aggressive opinion. I, I'm sorry, I'm not an aggressive person. I'm a pacifist. I, I don't believe that for a second, Paul, having researched, well, having, researched, having researched you myself, sir. Now, listen, you've had eight minutes, seven and a half minutes, you've been having a pop at a BBC local radio presenter. 30 seconds... Well, you're worthy of having a pop-off. A pop-off, aren't pop you, Ian, really? You've spent 30 seconds putting forward what should have been the main thrust of your point of view. I and suggest... The main thrust of my point of view is that you offended a friend of mine. I, and, and where is he? Why is he not? If, 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 if Robert wants well, to come on, he's more than Bobby welcome. Biden, he'll tell you the same. OK, fine. Paul, uh, listen, are we done? As far as you, uh, I'm waiting for you to cut me off, which is what you usually do to people. Here. Paul, I, I'm not going to cut you off. Listen, I'm, I'm here until nine o'clock. Do you want to stick around to the end? Oh, yeah, I'll stick around. Do you want to take some phone calls, Paul? Sure, yes, yeah. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 southbound from Junction 12 for Flitwick to Junction 11 for Dunstable Road after the vehicle was broken down early, which closed the lane. It has reopened, but it's still very slow through there. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are still closed just after Junction 24 for Potter's Bar with queues from Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And in Stevenage on Hitchin Road, that'll stop start around Ingleside Drive. In Upper Sundon, Harlington Road, there's been an accident at Straitley Road. And in Amersham, looking at speed sensors on Gore Hill, that's looking very slow between the A413 and the A40. London Road. On the A421 between Buckingham and Milton Keynes being told that that's very slow around Thornborough and Great Thornwood and on the trains there are half hour delays on all services in and out of London Euston because of a signal failure. There's also 35 minute delays on trains between Luton and Blackfriars. That's because the train's broken down at St Pancras. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. Listen, we'll keep Paul on. I don't I don't cut people off. I tend to do it for technical reasons and for time reasons but Paul's on and maybe, I, maybe I've been harsh to, to, to Mr Manning. If you think so Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Before that, though, let's get the news. A Hertfordshire council is defending using a private security company to issue litter fines. A police office in Woburn Sands near Milton Keynes, which is staffed by volunteers, is closing today as the Thames Valley Force tries to save money. And in sport, Milton Keynes Don's teenager, Delhi Alley, has completed his move to Tottenham. Uh, more of Mr Manning and maybe your calls after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's chilly out there this morning and we've had a slight covering of snow, some more than others and some just a dusting, but there has been some snow showers overnight and the Met Office weather warning still applies for many of us until 10 o'clock for snow and ice. Now, if you haven't got the snow, you have got the ice. The temperature down on the road is around zero minus one, so anything that fell to the ground is frozen, so it is a very cold, slippery, icy start to the day. Now, the showers could continue on and off, actually, through for us, particularly over high ground but we should get some bright spells and temperatures at around five celsius now overnight further showers are expected probably after midnight becoming a little more frequent especially over higher ground places like the children's downs for example and uh, the met office has their next met weather warning in force it's the yellow one for snow um, from midnight through to midnight tomorrow the minimum temperature down to minus one so ice also a risk as we head through to wednesday morning it's a similar day tomorrow but the wind starts to freshen again coming from the north the northeast so it's going to feel bitterly cold by the end of tomorrow and that's your forecast Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, story uh, last week, the 27th, speaking to Robert Smith, who's not allowed to see his kids. Very sad, tragic story. I thought the interview went very well. I thought it was handled um, sensitively. Um, it was uh, prob- probing, uh, but respectful. And uh, in my, uh, even I came up with a few suggestions and maybe things that Mr. Smith could make um, could do to make things a little bit easier. Well, Paul Manning took great offence at that, and we had a little bit of, um, well, a little. We had a little beef on Facebook, didn't we, Paul? Listen, uh, let me put. Can I just say something about that uh, about your interview? I thought it was a good interview. It was. It was brilliant, actually. And I thought you'd give him a fair crack at the. Way. I did. I was a great interview. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I'm not being sarcastic and I'm being totally honest. No, so am I. I'm genuine. I thought it was a great interview. And even Bobby says that you gave him a fair crack at the whip. I'm only pointing one thing out, and that was your tendency to say that he must have done something. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. Uh, Do you want me to read out exactly? Yeah, I do, because you're saying I said he must have done something wrong. Read it out again, the quote, please, Paul. Your quote is, quote, there must be a reason given by the court yep. that you're not allowed to see your yep. kids. So that's not me saying you must have done something wrong. Yes, it is. There nah. must be a reason. Paul, yes, Paul, to, Paul took sorry, to... Ian, but okay. that's what the English language says. Okay, there Paul, must be a okay, reason. Okay, Paul. Paul took to Facebook to, to call me a coward, to criticise my credentials as a journalist. Joe's on the line. Morning, Joe. Good morning. Am I completely out of order here, Joe? Um, no, I would say you're not. Speak to um, Paul. Morning, Paul. Morning, Joe. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Now, um, I would... If I heard that question, it's... The way that it's put is not offensive. It's more of a um, an inquisitive nature to get an answer to a question. It's... Well, how, how do you put it? Um, it's... The, the context is irrelevant. It's what you're looking for is the right answer. You know, rather than me turning around and saying, oh, it's obvious you've done something wrong, you've, you, he's asked it in an inquisitive way of saying, well, surely there must be a reason, not exactly. saying that you've done something. Well put, Joe, well well, because that's exactly what Ian said. There must be a reason given by the courts that you're not allowed. That's a presumption. Uh, and I don't like presumptions when he talk when we're talking about fathers. Joe, Joe, am I right? I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I'm in the same situation where I can't see my son. I but if I was at the end of that question, I wouldn't have found it offensive. I'd have thought, well, it, you know, nine out of ten times 
there could be a reason, but it doesn't Joe, mean to say that there is. It, yes. it, uh, uh, and if I ask too much, then let me know. Is uh, the, the reason you can't see your kids, is that because of something that's been ruled in court? Uh, that's uh, no. Paul, I'm not talking to you, mate. I'm talking to Joe. Is, uh, Joe Paul, stop stop it. You've had, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to Joe. Is there a reason uh, why, by the courts, why you can't see your kids? No, there isn't. OK. So, now, it, the end... Incre- yeah, sorry, I could give you a very brief detail yeah, in go 30 on. seconds. OK? Um, I did take my partner to court to see my child, but because I didn't have enough money, I couldn't go through with it. But what the court did rule is that I could have indirect contact with my son because my ex-partner used the abuse card, but there was no evidence to support this, but the courts have to take the child's protection. Paul, let him speak. Joe, Paul, dead, this isn't about you, mate. This is about Joe. Let no, him speak. Paul, Paul, this is not about you. I let him speak. Joe, that must be really tough for you not be able to... Is it, how many kids have you got, Joe? Um, I've got one with um, my ex-partner and I have a daughter of my own um, must be, with my uh, new partner. What, it must be very tough. I can't, you know, as I say, I've got two boys. I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. Um, it's very, it's difficult for me on birthdays and Christmas, but what upsets me the most is that my daughter has a brother that she can't see mm. because of my ex-partner. So that, that's what upsets me the most. My feelings aside, yes. my daughter misses out as well. Mm. Joe, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, mate. No, thank you for having me on. Thank Bye-bye, you very much. Uh, let's go to Ian. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. Morning, Paul. Morning. Morning. Um, Paul is no DJ, mate. Uh, this guy, Ian Lee, is no David Guetta, i tell you that. Now, some of the music he plays is really rough. Really rough. You want to listen to the first hour of the show, mate? Uh, well, I, I don't know what to say about that. What was your first name again? His name's Ian. Uh, thank you for that, Ian. That, 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 that's not particularly helpful. Uh, Paul, uh, listen, I, I, you know, I, I, whatever I thought about someone, if I didn't like an interview, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go trolling them online and calling them a coward. So, you know, I, Is listen. Does that upset you, Ian? Uh, well, it, uh, th- th- no, I'm not. I just think it's a little bit mean, Paul. A little bit mean spirited. Well, I, I, I do believe that you are a bit of a coward, Ian. Unfortunately. Well, tell me why you think I'm a coward, Paul. Uh, because I, having researched you uh, and the bacon sandwich issue, uh, and what you say about members of Parliament when they don't have the right to speak back to you when they're not. Oh, there. You're, t- you're talking about um, you're talking about me saying uh, uh, Ed Miliband d- didn't look like uh, a, a prime minister. Uh, yeah, you said all sorts of uh, remarks. That, well, well, I like Ed Miliband, so I, I don't I, want to. Paul, I, I'm not discussing politics, mate. I got, the, I got no. You don't know, want to discuss, well, that's that then, Ian. Well, no, I'm not allowed to discuss politics because uh, I don't know if you know there's an election coming up, and also the fact that I said Ed, Ed Miliband may or may not look like a prime minister is irrelevant. Well, I Why am I a coward? Why well, am I a coward, Paul? You said other things as well, though, didn't you, Ian, about him? What did I say, Paul? Well, it's there on your complaints form. If anybody wants to, well, look why don't you tell? Why don't why don't you tell me what I said about him? Well, I don't have the details in front of me. I can't uh, remember. You're making reference to the fact that someone complained that I made a reference about Ed Miliband eating a bacon sandwich, and someone made a, a right, complaint yeah. about him well, being. Someone made a, a poll. A poll. Someone made a complaint about saying it was anti-Semitic. That complaint, if I remember correctly, it was upheld by the BBC. No, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't, mate. It was. Yeah. No, Paul, that one wasn't. I'm afraid. You got well, that. You got that one, Paul. You've got that one wrong. The one about the bacon sandwich was not upheld, so you, you, you're wrong there. And I accept no, the apology. No, that's the one we're talking about. Steve's well, in Luton. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Ian. What would you like to say to Paul? 
Uh, I'd like to say, surprisingly, I think you were very polite. And if you listen to your tone of voice and how you phrased it, I think you were being genuinely concerned um, about why. Um, also, I'd, I'd be really interested. We haven't found out why Paul isn't allowed to see his kids. I'd be interested to know why. I feel sorry for the bloke, obviously. Can I answer there, Ian? Yeah, of course you can. He's asked your question. Uh, I used to be the main carer of my, my son right from birth. Uh, but my ex-partner decided she wanted to end our relationship and go, along, go and be with someone else, uh, for whatever reasons. But I love my son and still do. Uh, I was his main care from the date of birth, but once she decided she wanted to get rid of me, it was an easy matter for her to go to the family court, tell a pack of lies, and before you know it... Uh, and Paul, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I, did you know what? I, I really think that underneath all of this bravado and this, this, this bluster and this puff, that uh, you're a decent bloke that's I been... I am a decent bloke, and if once you get to know me, we'll go for a pub for a pint one day. Never going to happen. But I, I, I feel sorry for you, Paul. I, I just think that you're focusing your, your anger at the wrong I people. I don't have much anger, Ian, in my life. Uh, OK. Pete, what would you like to say, Pete? Pete, I thank you. I would, I'd like to say that... Um, it's the first time on your show, and I think that you're very unprofessional. Thank you, Pete. Actually. Tell me why. Because you're saying stuff like, I feel sorry for you, underneath your bravado, which is all... Well, really there, there was obviously... Well, there, there was something actually, with Pete. If, if you don't mind, because I, I phoned up just... No, I, I do mind, Pete, because you, you, you phoned no, up before... You, you phoned you up before... Me, let me Pete. make my point. I will do, but you phoned up exactly before I'd said that, Pete. About. You phoned up before I'd said that, Pete. So what was the thing that you, that you heard that caused no, you to no, phone well, up? This is... I know, because it's actually... T- the, the, the overall point I'm trying to make Okay. I think a lot of things you say are provocative. Yeah, that's my job. That's my job. No, no, your job... Not just to, because I think it's provocative, but the way you say it's provocative. Yeah. But actually, you're trying to put it across as being really fair. So yeah. when you say things like "I feel sorry for you" underneath your bravado, actually, you're trying to come across as saying the nice right thing. When no, I feel sorry. No, that is deliberately Pete, no, Pete. I, how is that going to answer? I feel sorry for Paul. He can't see his kids under his bravado and his loud voice. No, I feel no, sorry for him. You, no, but you're saying like uh, you're mentioning. Like underneath your anger. Yeah, he's very angry, I mean, Pete. This is clearly gonna provoke someone. Well, that it? didn't provoke. That didn't it's provoke like, Paul. He, like he invited me out for a pint relax, after it, Pete. He's gonna make them Pete, not relax. After I said that, he invited me out for a pint. So, so you're wrong. And but then, I, I and appreciate then your re- call. In, in reply, what did you say to that? Never going to happen. Well, no, I don't want to go out for a drink with him. What do you want me to say? Yeah, okay. Let's meet up in the, your local boozer in Scotland, Pete. Is it the first time you've listened? Uh, it is. I suggest I it's not for it's you. Absolutely. I suggest it's not for you, mate. Thanks for calling. Ta-ta. Ian, uh, Paul, you've got 20 seconds. Paul, the last 20 seconds is yours yeah, and I've got to end Ian, the show. I don't want to fall out. Uh, I just want to say that there's a very, very serious side to this. Uh, all joking aside... I've not been uh, joking once, Paul. You've got 15 seconds and I've got to end the show. The fathers out there who are not seeing their children and most of them have not done anything wrong. They've just been ousted from their children's lives. The courts need changing and they You've got 10 seconds and I've got to end the show and that's not me cutting you off. I've got to no, do it because the yeah, next guy's coming in. You can't go on all day, can you? Well, I could if I if I had enough uh, time. Paul, thank you very much. I think maybe we've highlighted an issue. I, I hope. I think the act of... Oh, hang on a second. We don't want that. We want this. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is still very slow around Junction 11 for Dunstable Road, but it has all reopened after the breakdown there earlier. On the M25 clockwise, two lanes are closed just after Junction 24 for Potters Bar. That's causing delays from Kings Langley. And the M11 northbound is very slow between Junction 7 for Harlow and 8 for Bishop Stortford because of an accident, but it's now been moved to the hard shoulder. In Stevenage on Hitchin Road, it's stop-start around Ingleside Drive. And in Upper Sundon, there's been an accident on Harlington Road at Streetly Road. In Barton de Clay on the A6 Luton Road, there are queues between... Luton Road and Enterprise Way looking at the speed sensors and the A421 eastbound still has queues between Bridge Street and Steinbeck Crescent because of the ice on the road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha thank you for your indulgence dear listener a lot of sad stories that you know maybe we should have focused on more. Normal service resumes tomorrow ta-ta Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, 